What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Robert Vinny with Immolation, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. What the fuck is up, and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gore Christ. With me, as always, Dr. Vincent West. Hey, what's up? What's up? Special episode for you guys today. Very, very, very special. We have Ross. Dolan and Rob Vigna of Immolation on the show, and uh, the movie we have paired up is, I mean, something we've been wanting to do for a long time, bring you guys. We actually had uh, a guest on the show, it's probably our favorite interview we've done so far, that was involved in this film, heavily involved in fact, so uh, Doctor, what what do we got? Uh, George Romero's sequel to Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. And this is 1978. And there's George right there and his wife. It is. What do you think of this Blu-ray already? It's amazing. Yeah, I've never actually seen this. This is another film. Uh, if you guys are tuned into the 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 Phil Ensemble episode, which we just wrapped up, we did the the same day, believe it or not. Um, we were just on a roll with some uh, rare pieces here of uh, the Doctor's Vault. Yeah, the Doctor's Vault. The first one being the Vincent Price Collection Volume One from Scream Factory on Blu-ray. Uh, Blu-ray. Of course, uh, the doctor got it when it first came out, about 60 bucks. So it's one of those things where the run just kind of got cut in half due to uh, some some issues. So they cut the run. Public television issues. And uh, this film is just hard as fuck to find. It's one of the first, I think, horror Blu-rays that came out. You know, it's one of those... No. This was part of the. This was part of that because Anchor Bay owns this film, which is why there's never been a reissue of this. Because Stars and Anchor Bay have decided to never. They basically shelved this film. Yeah. The only way you can get this film right now, if you own it, some of our foreign fans, you can buy the out of print, and some are in print. I think standard editions of Dawn of the Dead from Arrow Home Video in Europe. But yeah, and now you can buy. There's an Italian version coming out. It's a very big oh, okay. box set version. And it's just the it's called zombie and it has <clears throat> I thought it was just the Argento version, but it actually has all of the versions of this film. Yeah, because it was called Zombie in Europe. <clears throat> even right. even not just that cut, but I think Dawn of the Dead was even just called that as well. Um, of course Goblin did the soundtrack to this, which is amazing. Dario Argento's heavily involved in this film as well. He was a script a consultant and, and uh, Yeah, huge fan of the guy. And of course Corey got to meet George and and uh, I did. I asked him about uh, what he thought of that piece of shit uh, Walking Dead show, and 
It was Did pretty, you really? It's pretty funny to hear his response. He was like, "Well, you know, I'm not gonna touch on that. I just think what we were doing then was way more influential than what's going on now." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, it was just something I had to ask. I'm not a big fan of that show. You know, I watched the first few seasons of it, and now I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I just uh, this this is zombies for me. Um, I love Greg. You know, don't get, I love Camby effects and Greg Nicotero stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of the zombies and the effects on that show are killer. I just have no interest in the, you know, a, a zombie drama, a, 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 a zombie. I don't know. Well, here's here's my thing with with this film. And again, I, I realize there's a lot of people that won't agree with this. This is the best zombie film ever made, as far as I'm concerned. It really is. Like, and, seriously, uh, Ken Frey, uh before we ever interviewed him, was just outstanding in this film and after meeting him you know via via the phone you know I've never met him in person but what a great guy and and what an honor it was to have him on here and I wish we could have paired this up with that at the time but at the time we just decided not to do that and we got put it up separately so we gave it to the guys in Immolation because you'll hear in the interview actually uh, Ross mentions uh, this film who I like to pretend, even though he didn't say this, that he saw with Will from uh, Mortician. Anyway, um, I don't know that, but that'd be fucking awesome if they did. Maybe they did as kids, I don't know. I'm going to pretend they did. But um, Again, this is a long film. This movie is two hours and seven minutes, so we're going to be with you for a while tonight. Uh, yeah, um, the interview is very cool. With uh, Ross and Rob, Ross talks a lot about uh, horror and uh, his days of going to the Saturday night flicks and uh, going to the theater. He, he said he pretty much saw every horror film that came out in the yeah. late 70s, 80s. You know? A lot of them with Will, which was like, <clears throat> like, you know, he saw said he saw the original Friday the 13th and he saw this and he saw, um, I think he saw, he said he saw Maniac with Will. He knew that was one of the that was so. fucking awesome. <clears throat> so we love Maniac. I think he said Friday Thirteen Part Two. I remember him saying. Yeah, he's. I mean, he covered a lot. He said he pretty much saw everything uh, that came out. He would just go everywhere. Exorcist. I asked him about mm-hmm. that. I think he, yeah, I did. That guy looks like Will Forte. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah, he does kind of looks like McGruber. Um. Oh, uh, this this film is just amazing. Um, we talked about it, if you ever listened to the Ken Foray uh, interview we did. Which is about as long as this film is, honestly. Um, yep. Which we had, we had so much insight on that film and with him, and just a lot of great, great talk about this. Um, this has always been one of my favorite films. Period. Horror movie or not, this film is just awesome. It's one of those movies where, <clears throat> whether you're a film of gore, you're a fan of gore, or horror movies, or zombies, or great acting or indie filmmaking it's Blu-ray is beautiful too oh yeah or indie filmmaking any of that stuff this film is just great in and of itself so it's something that everyone can watch because I mean the DVD looks like shit compared to this it's it's one of the reasons and it's the same kind of thing they're both like the Divi Max things and I remember back when I got the DVD I was like oh man it's Divi Max you know I thought it was something like grand which it was and you know at the time and <clears throat> there's a nice headshot here and we're getting right into the nitty-gritty when this film starts. I mean, if this film is balls out from the time it starts to the end. I mean, it's, it's very fun. Um, if you've never seen this film, this I rarely, if somebody tells me they haven't seen a movie, I'll freak out on them. But if you've never seen the original Dawn of the Dead, 
That makes me freak out. Like, the remake of this movie is a fucking rat turd. Yeah, that's the... Uh, I'd rather eat my own fucking shit. Debut public. of a guy named Zack Snyder. Like an exhibit man eats his... Canadian eats his own shit. Who went, I just... Went on to do 300 <clears throat> and the new uh, Justice League thing, whatever that is. The I'm fine with that. I don't Batman, care about that. I'm just Superman saying the movie. Dawn of the Dead specifically was a turd. Yeah. I don't hate everything he's done. I don't like everything he's done, but... I thought, I thought the zombies were kind of cool in that film, but they shouldn't they shouldn't have made it a Dawn of the Dead. It's a remake. bad movie though. The casting's bad. Yeah, it Rames. I mean, give me a break. They should have just made it a. a and that Sarah Pauly. I mean, I've farted with better acting skills than, than her. <laughs> they should have. She doesn't even have a career anymore. They should have just. Made, I don't see her in anything. She's a TV off. actress, I think now. Ugh. Like an HBO. She's actress. a Canadian troll. Is what she is. She looks like a dude. She looks like waiting to pull out her big dick. She anyway. looks like what's her name, Shelley Duvall. But I can't. Do I would that. rather fuck Shelley Duvall, honestly, because at least she was in The Shining. Oh, oh, look at that head spatter! That's this is one of Tom Savini's best too, as far as effects. This film fucking rules. It's his earlier work too. You yeah. know, this is excuse me. This is not a well. That head bust is one of the best, and no one gives that head bust any credit. You know, if you look up. Anything on YouTube, you know, of course, Maniac's on there and Scanners, but that that's that one that we just saw that's was fucking Ray awesome. Oh, yeah. This is the big mother right there. Yeah, this movie's just great from start to finish. The gore is nasty. And the, even to, like, just gunshot gore, it's like you don't really see that too much. And, that's him right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a part in here where he's just mowing down zombie children. It's fucking insane. Like this film just has balls out. I mean, this is just a great film. Um, and like I said, not just for a zombie film, but just for a filmmaking in general. This film is just so great. And I'm um, really excited to do this right now because it's always a, a, a joy to watch this film. It's just great. And uh, especially on Blu-ray, I haven't seen this print before so it, it looks amazing um, so this is an Anchor Bay Blu-ray? Yes Wow and I guess it's Midnight is putting out that zombie thing uh, in Italy you know wherever in Europe overseas see this whole scene gets out of control right here I mean it's just stupidity one slip and you're gonna fucking get eaten I, mean, I always loved how the zombies were like white faced and shit. I mean, they're fucked here. They just literally dug themselves in a hole. All they do to do is kill them. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, shit, my gun. And they fuck themselves up. Let's see. I'll try to see if there's any music in 78 that's notable. Try it. Yeah, there's some stuff in '78, definitely. You got uh, "Stained Glass" by Judas Priest. That's Rob Halford's favorite album. Uh, self-titled by Van Halen. Ah, oh, what a great album! I would have totally, if, if I was alive, I'd been listening to uh, Van Halen and Zappa in New York, the live record by Frank Zappa, which Watch I own. Love that fucking album. It's one of the, my favorite live records. Let's see. Ooh. 
Yes, Son of a Son of a Sailor by Jimmy Buffett. Yeehaw. And then there were three by Genesis. It's a great album. Got Long Live Rock and Roll by Rainbow. Yeah, it's a great album. <clears throat> Got Power Rage by ACDC. One of their best albums. Self-titled uh, David Gilmore record. That's actually good, too. Uh, live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy, another awesome fucking live album. Yep. Uh, Peter Gabriel's self-titled uh, debut. That actually is a good album, too. There's the man. Uh, you got Obsession by UFO. That's a fucking great album. It is good. Let's see. A lot of hard rock. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good, though. Good stuff. It's essential shit. Um, <laughs> Love or something like it, Kenny Rogers. <clears throat> there should have been a Motorhead release that year. Uh, Who Are You by The Who? I'm getting there. Um, got Tokyo Tapes with Scorpions, another live record. It's great. A lot of good live shit from this era. Uh, Molly Hatchet, self-titled. Can't deal with it. Um, Never liked them. It's Southern Dog shit. Yeah. Uh, Ace Freely's, uh all the Kiss solo albums Nice. Out Those there. are all good. Yeah, they are. Uh, Road to Ruin by Ramones. Can't deal with it. A tornado by Yes. yes that fans. record is really bizarre. Is it? Peter uh, always liked that. Never Say Die by Black Sabbath. That's a turd. Is it? It's an Aussie turd. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it is. <clears throat> <clears throat> so you got the snake. Excuse me, I'm sorry. You got White Snake, uh, Snake Bite. That's bad. Uh. It's a snake turd. <laughs> Weekend Warriors by uh, Ted Nugent. You know, that's not a bad album for Ted Nugent. I know he's a bigot idiot, but... <laughs> it's it, it, He is, but it's that... And a Trump-supporting dipshit, and I, I wish somebody would hunt him down and kill him, but... I do like that record. It's not bad. The old Ted Nugent stuff actually pretty good. Uh, How Bent for Leather. Fantastic album. Which, of course, in the U.S. came out a year later, but... In the UK, it did come out in 78, so... Nice. Make that on account. Then you got If You Want Blood, You've Got It by ACDC, a good live record. Great live record. Uh, you got Toto, self-titled. It's a good album. Jen's played that tour the other night. Sure, <laughs> fucker, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you got uh, Hemispheres by Rush. That is a great Rush record. Um, let's see. Got Painkiller by Crocus. Uh, that record's okay. Trouble by White Snake. That's a turd. Outlandos <laughs> uh, D'Amour by The Police. That record's okay. For what it is. Uh, Queen's Jazz. That's a great album. Love that record. It's got my favorite song on it, Let Me Entertain You. It's got Mustafa. I fucking love that record. That's probably my favorite Queen record, which... I'm sure it's weird to a lot of people but I like no it is a good album I love the cheesy queen um, you got From the Inside by Alice Cooper that actually is a really good record yeah so I'm here on the inside looking out anyway 
it's a bad rendition of Alice Cooper for you. <laughs> I'm here on the inside. Better than the Alice Cooper from now. We'll see. I think that's about it for that. There should be a Motorhead release that year. You're going to have to go to the discography. Pretty sure their first album came out that year. Because you got to think, Ace of Spades was fucking 80. So there should have been something in 78. No, uh, Overkill came out in 79. I know that. As well as Bomber. The, the, first, then it's uh, the self-titled then. That came out in 77. Oh, we're off by a year. Yeah. Well, that's gay. Anyway, the first Motorhead then, there. It's in there. We can throw it in there from one. We'll just say it's from there. Um, now we will go to films in 78. Oh, there's a lot. I mean... Where do you start? Well, well, you know, what we always do, we go to the normal movies first, try not to delve into the horror yet, but there's a lot of horror that came out. There's, there's a lot of horror movies. Let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go from the top here. We'll start with uh, Superman. What a great, you know, arguably, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best superhero films ever made. And you got, uh, if you guys have never seen it and you have Netflix, it's on there right now. See, there's also uh, Grease. Yeah, I can never do that movie. Yeah, I can It is classic, that. though. You it's know, musical. it's there. Um, Tooties was in it. Animal House, which is John Landis, who did... That's the only film I want to know him by is... No. I don't Uh, either. American Werewolf in London. That's all I want to see from him. Um, We'll see. You got The Last Waltz, which is that band movie. It's actually kind of cool. Never seen it. Uh, Up in Smoke. What a great movie. It's fucking hysterical. Uh, Revenge of the Pink Panther. Love it. Um, They're about to put all those on Blue and Bono. Corvette Summer, which is Mark Hamill. Um, I love that movie. One of my favorites. Annie Annie, Potts. Annie Potts, man. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Love it. Um, God, there's a lot of great horror movies on here. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the... Animated. The animated, which I've is awesome. <clears throat> you ever seen it? Oh, of course. I've seen that in The Hobbit. They're awesome. Oh, the Lord of the Rings. And you got uh, Foul Play. Ralph Foul Play, which is Goldie Hawn, Chevy Chase. Great movie. Lo- huge fan. Chevy Chase. Love him. Not so much Goldie Hawn. The only cool thing about her is she used to fuck Kurt Russell. Right. Or she still does. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, Kurt Russell, by the way, is in that new Fast and Furious movie. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. Wonder how much they paid him. I don't know. But it anyway, makes me want to puke. Um, I'm going to save the best for last for these. Of course, you got famously Dawn of the Dead, which we're watching <coughs> right now. That came yeah, out. Yeah, Ken Foray. Um, well, this is how huge '78 was for horror. Uh, Piranha. Love that movie. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's something I actually got you for Christmas. And it is. You sold to uh, a used bookstore. <laughs> it's still there. Uh, it was a I shitty think gift. I, I haven't even opened some, it. I tried to get him something intellectual yet different, and he was like, that's a turd. So I love it. It was a, a great turd gift. I gave him a turd. Uh, Damien, Omen 2. <clears throat> that's a turd. Uh, that actually is a turd. Uh, Jaws 2. <clears throat> got, oh, that's a good movie. Jaws 2 is a good movie. Got Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, it's kind of a turd. It's it's supposed to be a turd. It's a good turd. I think um, it's a bad turd. The Toolbox Murders. Overrated. Yeah, you got uh, The Redeemer, Son of Satan. Never heard of that. You got Magic, which is that fucking stupid movie about that puppet dude. Um, I, don't I hate that movie. 
Um, uh, the Swarm. That is a weird movie. You got The Mountain of the Cannibal God. That's a good movie. It's nasty. That's uh, a Hammer film, actually. Did you know that? Is it? It is. Wow. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Try not to get to the... Well, I guess, I guess that's it uh, until we get to up here. Just trying to save those for last. We got I Spit on Your Grave. That's a great movie. This is also known as Day of the Woman. And uh, the best one on this list. All right, can I, can right, I next, right next to Dawn of the Dead. I've got to know what this you is. You guys should already know <clears throat> for you guys listening. Uh, it's, it's somebody's somebody's big movie. John Carpenter's Halloween. Yep. So there you have it. Just. And this and Halloween, in my opinion, are the best two movies that came out that year. Yeah, and period. Honestly, I mean, you can look back on those and they still hold up as the best. I mean, nothing's came even close. And look at that shit. They're just mowing fucking zombies down. It's a bunch you know, of Reddit trash. I don't fucking scumbags. That's why they don't land there. Yeah, you, you know I don't and know who to blame. Them. This is the only. Ken Frey should have been picking those hicks off. This is the only film that has the pace that it does for a horror film and a zombie film. It's just really nasty. It's just constant, just killing. Shit. It's a very bleak film. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like desolate. Like you kind of feel it's like just you're bleak. stuck there with them. You know. This is a no hope, no win scenario. It's it's bad. Yeah, and then, it's it's post apocalyptic without it being post apocalyptic. Right. Does that make sense? It's like the start of it, but it's also in the middle of it at the same yeah, time. It's, it's just insanity. <clears throat> See, there's a figure of that stupid zombie. I've never understood that. Is that really? Yes, yeah, fucking stupid. Not like a new one. It's been out right. for probably twenty years, but either way, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> I want a goddamn Ken Frey figure. I know. It's. Unfortunate that they don't care about stuff like that. Well, they have a Flyboy one coming out, but they've made ones of him before. That guy. Yeah. Or him as a zombie. I don't think they've made just a normal one. I don't know if you guys are toy collectors as you are movie collectors, but uh, Sideshow Collectibles is a perfect place to get uh, to spend like $300 and get a nice Where's figure. Where's I don't want to get attacked on a piece. It's nice to play. This is where he kills the kids right here in this scene. Where the hell is she? Which, you know, doesn't really happen too often on films is uh, is kind of a a no-no is to have kids die. But if they're zombies, you know, it doesn't matter. Where the hell is she at? Sorry. The quicker you move, the better she won't hit you. She's probably sleeping, which is weird, I don't think that cat ever sleeps. Yeah, it's crazy if you lived in a time where you were lucky enough to actually see the likes of Halloween and Dawn of the Dead in theaters. That's, I commend you, that's pretty awesome that you were lucky enough to be conceived at a proper time where you were able to just freely go and watch these in theaters. It's very awesome. And of course, uh, Ken is very, uh, still to this day, very good friends with uh, Scott Reiniger, who is um, Roger in this film. 
is pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That they stayed in touch and they were friends. And... I think it's pretty neat. Which is cool because everyone in this cast is still alive for the most part. So I just want to say this too. Not that I have like the biggest axe to grind with this, but I do have some axe to grind with it. <clears throat> and I'll keep this brief, but... You know, Walking Dead fans, you just need to suck George Romero's dick because everything you're watching is nothing but rehashed garbage with a soap opera using stuff that he did fucking 40 years ago. So just go ahead and suck his dick because... <laughs> I don't know how anybody can watch that crap. I, I can't watch it. I, I've tried. And everyone I knew, I'm the only person that I know that was not sucked in by that garbage. I, I just thought it was stupid. Anything on AMC is shit. It's very... It's I just very, I can't get into... I couldn't get into Breaking Bad. I think What's-His-Name is a fantastic actor. But the, I, I just... I, I just... I don't think... Here's all the that's something that I would enjoy watching. I don't want to watch, you know... I don't like watching stressful shows. Yeah. I just don't. I didn't like watching ER <laughs> when I was growing up. Oh, well, that show was fucking a nightmare. I just don't... I, did, I don't know. I just don't understand what is what is so much fun about watching a bunch of assholes that should already be dead. I mean, how the fuck is that Rick asshole still alive? I don't know. And his stupid kid. How's his stupid little fucking kid still alive? Well, I think in the comics that kid outlasts him, I think... By now, in the timeline, Rick would already be long dead. I don't know. He should have been killed by the governor, but whatever. Yeah. Um, fucking stupid. That Michonne, she should be a fucking porcelain lamp. <laughs> she should have been a lampshade like three seasons ago. I just don't... I mean, how does that How does that keep... I don't understand how anybody watches that boring bullshit. And everybody's uh, like, it's horror. It's like, no, it's not. Since everyone watches it, everyone else has to watch it. You know, it's one of those things where you got to be able to have a conversation with people because that's all people... I don't actually do. consider it horror. I think it's overrated. There's horror aspects to it, but... I don't there's know. nothing scary about it or... You know, the zombies are kind of cool. The only thing I like about the whole series is the KMB effect shit, but that's it. And that, that's not very much of it, you know. <clears throat> you see a few zombies that get picked off in the beginning and then it's all just... Greg Nicotero was a Savini student. Yeah. He's also like some kind of producer on that show. I can't deal with it. And let me go ahead, while I'm already ranting about this, why would anybody on the planet Earth, why would you want to watch that little nerdist asswipe on that Talking Dead show? I mean... Every time someone goes on there, I lose more respect for him. Kevin Smith was on there, who I like, and I'm like, really? You're on, you're on Talking Dead. <laughs> you watch this piece of shit show because I don't, I don't believe that he does. And Scotty M was on there. Well, yeah, he was like a zombie on an episode or something. I don't care. That show is fucking stupid. But more importantly, what I'm talking about, that nerdist guy needs to be fucking drawn and quartered. Like, I, I can't stand that guy. I don't know why everybody thinks that guy is so cool. Everybody's like, he's really funny, too. It's like, no, he's not. He's also the self-proclaimed biggest Star Trek fan in the world. He's an arrogant piece of shit is what he is. <clears throat> anyway, the Nerdist, yeah, he needs to be drawn and quartered by Dr. Vincent West. I can't stand him. 
That's all I was going on. If you guys want to see him die, the closest you can get is a Rob Zombie movie, so. I just, I don't, I mean, do you like him? Or am I, am I the Never. odd man out Never on that guy? Him. His comedy's horrible. I don't like, I don't like the depiction of overly nerdy people where they consider themselves a nerd. I don't, I'm not for that. I just think, just be your own person and like stuff. Do you not think he's a little wise-ass, though? Like, not, I just don't. You're not a nerd for liking Star Trek or Star Wars. It's just shit that you can like or you can't, you know. Um, you could be a nerd <clears> for knowing everything about it, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like... Uh, he's arrogant, Putting though. labels you not on think people he is? just for them liking certain he's things. He's really arrogant. <clears throat> well, yeah, if you have your own talk show after a show, then that's kind of dumb. It's like you're not, you're not a late-night host. You're just on some fucking... Stupid. What's funny is apparently I was talking to somebody that does like him, this asshole that I know. Yeah, Steve, I'm talking about you. Anyway, he was sitting there telling. I guess he had some kind of show on Comedy Central. Yeah, it's called or Sci-Fi. At, it was at like midnight. it was like late night nerd or something. Oh, I don't know. And I was like, God. I mean, I just want him to die. I really do. I just want somebody walking be like, Yeah, he's dead. Because <laughs> I, I fucking hate him. I'm serious. I really don't like him. <laughs> Like, I just, I, I'm sorry, I just, and I hope you're not like, oh, you're in the episode, you're going too far or something. No, I, just, no, I, I fucking hate him. I, I really like, do. I don't like Chris Harwood. And this is zombies, and I feel like I should talk about it for a second. Like, I've held it in for, like, episode after I just hate that fucking guy. And it wouldn't matter what you're into, you could walk up and be like, I'm really into Transformers. Yeah, I'm a big fan of you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm a big fan. It wouldn't matter what it is. I'm the biggest horror fan. I'm Chris Harwood. I'm an artist. Well, I thought it was a cool concept. That I like him about as much like, as I do that Tosh .0 ass wipe. They're about the same person. Really. It's just, it's just. I don't think it's funny and it's fucking stupid. But everybody's like, it's just really good because everybody in America's told me to eat it. It's like I get it. the The show's really huge. You want to have like an after thing. I'm not but talking about just, that. It's just stupid. I'm talking about them choosing him. I know, but it's still but he's the, the whole thing. He's the biggest kind of, zombie fan in the world. He's also the biggest he's also Kevin the, Smith fan. No, listen. Anymore. He's also the biggest self-proclaimed next generation fan on earth. Because you know who you know who I know that chaps their ass. And 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 again, and I would love to sit here and tell you that I don't like this guy, but I actually kind of do, even though I don't like really anything that he does. But I like him, and that's uh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane is the biggest next generation fan on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. And I know, because I've seen him go the fuck off about it. He hates that nerdist guy. He can't stand him. And who could? What Star Trek fan could like fucking that ass wipe? Because he's like, No, you're not. Here, I've got a tattoo of him right here with Donald Trump. And deal with that shit. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. You know, and it's just... And, now, and what's funny about Chris Hardwick is now he does fucking ads for... Uh, for Xfinity, for Xfinity yeah. which is funny because I love how Comcast is like, no, we're Xfinity now. No, you're still shitty Comcast. You're still the same piece of shit company. <laughs> you can't try to sell me that you're same garbage. It's you just changed the name of it. It's still it's just a different. Like if before you were a turd, now you're just shit. It's the same. You can't sell me on that. I don't care how fast your internet is. I'm not dealing with you, but whatever. People do whatever you want. But Chris Hardwick makes me want to fucking puke. Like there's nothing he's associated with that he deserves any credit for. Honestly, he hasn't really done much. He's just like a shitty comedian. And he's like Lance Armstrong from like 10 years ago. He's just on everything and he won't go away. It's fucking annoying. (laughs) He is. He's just like a fucking disease. He just won't fucking leave. (laughs) That's probably what gave fucking uh, Lance Armstrong ball cancer. It's (laughs) like having to listen to him talk. 
It's true. I fucking hate Chris Hardwick. I'm sorry. I, I'm done. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if you all... I can't stand him. I just think he's fucking too much, but whatever. Well, later on on the uh, Talking Phantasm, Chris Hardwick's <laughs> going to have the doctor on, and we're going to go head-to-head and talk I'd about... I'd love to go head-to-head that bastard. I just beat him to death <laughs> on the fucking show. It wouldn't last fucking 30 seconds. <laughs> I'd bludgeon him. I'd like to take a bat with like spikes in and just beat him with it. <laughs> I'm serious. I fucking I've Ken Frey join me. I fucking can't stand him. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Dawn of the Dead's a fucking great movie. This movie's fucking awesome. This Blu-ray looks good. <clears throat> this is a funny tidbit. The zombie actors took uh, pictures of themselves in the full regalia or whatever when there were zombies. Uh, in the photo booths at the actual mall. Oh, funny. And they replaced the sample pictures on the front of the booth with their pictures that they took. Oh, I'm sure the mall people were thrilled with that. <laughs> they, they, like, trolled the mall people with the zombie photos. It's kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> this is the best part of the movie where they start getting in the mall. I love this. The two of them are running around. It's fucking awesome. And the cool thing Which about, they ruined when they did the right. Dawn of the Dead remake. With the did shitty, they do it in the same mall? No, God, no. I was going to say, I feel like that was like a, not even a mall, it was like a set. No, it was totally... Well, I don't know if it was or not, but it's not this mall. This is the Monroeville Mall. Yeah, I know it's not that. It's definitely not this. This actually... They actually used this at night, and they would film it at night. When the stores were closed. Fucking amazing. George Romero, I'm not surprised. He's a visionary director. He's a genius. Right. Fucking horror movie in a mall. It's like, it's so American. It's just perfect. But, uh... That's but no, that's, that's... Everybody's... They, everybody's they gotta remake everything, you know? And sometimes yeah, remakes this, are cool. And This is how much of a badass George Romero was. Uh, the MPAA was gonna put an X rating on this film uh, if George Romero didn't make cuts to it. Romero didn't want to cut the film, and he was adamant against the X rating due to its stigma of hardcore pornography. In the end, Romero was able to persuade his distributors to release the film with no rating, although in all advertising and trailers there's a disclaimer that in the effect read that while there was no explicit sex in the film, the movie was such a violent nature that no one under 17 would be admitted. So he got them to put this out without a rating on it. That's how much of a badass George Romero was. Yeah, because cool. even the film people in the MPAA knew that by watching this whole film, they were like, "We can't not put this out." There's no way. Now I don't know if it's still open or it's went out of business, but this mall was there a few years ago. It's still there. I've actually been in. I know it. people that were in it yesterday that I talked to. Yesterday. Yeah, there's the mall is open. It's still there. People you talked to yesterday? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. The hell? I have Facebook friends that live in Pennsylvania, in Monroeville. Oh, weird. That's yeah. really strange. That, that are like Sorry, it threw me there for a minute, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if Ellie's I was like, that's That are like at the mall. That were at the mall yesterday. That's weird. Not being like, you know, to them, it's just the fucking mall, you know. That's weird. I think it's awesome. I mean, if I lived in Monroeville, I'd be at that mall every day. It's just cool. But, but yeah, so. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. The zombie thing for me, I don't even tell people that I like zombie movies anymore because the whole idea of it's just ruined. Like oh, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even discuss it. I love this film, 
and this is one of the only zombie films I also enjoy the Tom Savini remake of Not a Living Dead which I also own but the, I, which we I, did a review of yep but I own very few zombie films because I'm, I'm burnt out on it I'm burnt out on it because America has burnt me out on it well there's only um... not this I'm not burnt out on this but I'm burnt out on the idea of it because of the Walking Dead on AMC. <laughs> it is. It is. It is as white trash as Metallica. Oh, it just. It's. It, it is, and nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody's like, "Shh, Scott, that's horror." Now it's like fuck AMC. They're not paying me a dime. It's not a horror. But everybody says, and 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 all those stupid spinoff shows. I mean, it's fucking. Oh, fear of the Walking Dead. No fear of the Walking Dead. Well, look, Walking if those, Dead. If those people were real completionists and were really into that show, and not just for something to talk to people about while you're at church, uh, then they would watch Fear of the Walking Dead too. You know, and just watch it. For and didn't you tell me you saw no a Walking does. Dead Jesus shirt? Yes, I did. It said fear the fear the coming sun or something. It was just, I was just stupid. Wow, but I mean, you would think that they were all these people are supposed super fans of this show, and they don't even watch the spinoff show. Like, are you kidding me? There's that doesn't make any sense to me. That just tells me you're watching it because everyone else watches it. Here you go. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I'll I'll tell you how much I think Walking Dead is. Because done. do you think most people, casual watchers that watch The Walking Dead every week, have seen Dawn of the Dead? Probably not. No, most of them haven't. But I mean, because most of these people are my just my wife and her stupid family think that's the greatest show ever made. No, I literally would just I just want to walk in the room and just tear off a fart and walk out because <laughs> I just don't care. But anyway, it's enough about that. I mean, even fans of the show itself admit that it sucks. They're like, I don't even. Oh no, it's just stupid, man. It's like, why do you watch it then? You can be watching Dawn of the Dead. I mean. Zombies aren't even that great of a thing, to be honest with you. And this film it is, and a lot of the Italian stuff it is. You know. <coughs> Which Dario Argento liked this script so much that he, you know. He, that was well, zombie, you know. He was just a uh, George Romero fan anyway, which is pretty awesome. Well, they were buddies. I mean, I think they still are. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it has nothing to do with this. This is genius. Like, I love this. The, the, but now I'll be honest with you of the Romero zombie stuff the only thing that I like is this film yeah I don't like I don't like Night of the Living Dead I don't like Day of the Dead I think Day of the Dead is fucking horrible and I don't like any of those other movies that he made Land of the Dead and all that I just can't get into it yeah, but again I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like zombie films I just don't I never did I didn't like them as a kid and I, I didn't put out a fucking pop industrial band called Rob Crombie either. <laughs> you know, so I guess I'm just not cool. But just the whole idea of it, it just never interests me. It's just like, it's just fucking stupid. You know. And and for somebody to watch a weekly television show about some hit cop and his bastard son running around killing people, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't understand the draw behind it. And then, like I said, when you attach, when you attach a cancer like Chris Hardwick to it, it's like... Okay, I'm I'm good. You all let us know. I mean, if you think Walking Dead's awesome, I mean, you know, I mean that's fine. I just I don't like it, I and, don't I ha- and I have watched it. It it's not something that I never watched. I've even watched that Talking Dead piece of shit. Wow, you sat through that. I mean, I have to have a Xanax, a beer, and fucking blood pressure medication when I'm done watching <laughs> it. But you know, I didn't know that. I'm usually hospitalized. Yeah, I have. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's just awful. I mean, it, it made me despise the band Anthrax more than I already did. Right. Of course, they put out their little, we come for y'all, it's zombie, but zombie. <laughs> it's like, wow, you, you're such a genius writer, Scott. I guess that's how you're lucky enough to fuck me love's daughter, that troll. She looks like a fucking lesbian fucking singer-songwriter. <laughs> you know, but... But it's just, it was just overkill, you know? You can't walk in somewhere and it's just like... It's like zombie hunting god, zombie rescue. It's like, I don't know, I just... And it has nothing to do... And fucking the white trash, I'm gonna play Call of Duty, play zombie. You gonna play zombie, Call of Duty? <laughs> no, I don't. I'd rather eat my own shit. <laughs> I'd rather fucking swan dive off of a fucking building. Um... I didn't in the fucking hot pavement it's like I'm not interested <laughs> it's I, true I didn't know that Dario Argento invited George to come over to his house to write the script and he did it took him like three weeks oh that's amazing from then um I mean then Argento of course did the the music and stuff with, with Goblin. And then. I love George and I love Dario Argento. And this movie's amazing. And Ken Foray was a super incredibly nice guy to do an interview with. But the stuff that is. Because you can't tell me. I mean, because Walking Dead's based off of a fucking comic book. A piece yeah. of shit comic book at that. A black and white turd. <laughs> And I don't know if you've ever seen any of the creators of that stuff. They're they're pretty annoying. Yeah. They live in their mom's basement, or at least they used to. Now they're millionaires. Yeah. I don't know. I just you can't help but hate people like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop talking about Walking Dead. But I'm sorry I talked about it for so long. Now it's one of those things where you know we were talking about this on the last episode where. It's the new school versus the old school, but it's not even old school. I mean, it's just a matter of appreciating good shit, and people don't know what good shit I mean, is now because there's well, just nothing but. I'll just run shit. with this while I'm already bashing that. Those thirty days later movie, where the hell they're called? Those are fucking stupid. I hate those fucking movies, I, or whatever the hell it's called. Twenty eight days. Later. Whatever. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I I farted with more talent in it. It's just dumb. It's like, who wants to watch this fucking zombie on meth run around and fucking attack people? I just don't. I don't understand what... There, a, there's nothing scary about it, and B, it's just stupid. Just any of those fucking... That zombie land. Everybody's like, My V-shaped book, zombie land. <laughs> It's like, yeah, and I don't care if Bill Murray's in it for ten minutes. It's still fucking stupid. Because all, all... You know what all Zombieland is? Does everybody know what it is? It's a romantic comedy. It's all it really is. It's a rom-com. It is. It's about... It's about Jesse Eisenberg hooking up that little whore. <laughs> he just wants to meet her. I love you. And the zombie apocalypse, I'm gonna fuck you. It's stupid. But but every single fucking person... There was there was you and Anthony. Yuck! Yuck! Zombie lame man. He had a fucking life pad on his shooting. <laughs> it's just dumb. You know, you you just I don't know. I call it like it is. If it's a shit stain, it's a shit stain. <laughs> I just don't. I, I can't pretend to be like it's really good. I really enjoyed it. 
And that girl that's in that movie couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. Emma Stone. I can't stand uh, her. Yeah. I cannot stand her. And Woody Harrelson has one good film. And that's Kingpin and that's it. That's the only good movie he ever fucking made. Well, they have a... <laughs> I agree with that. You know what movie's awful that he did that everyone loves? Natural Born Killers. That movie's fucking I terrible. hate that fucking movie. It's with a soundtrack by Hey Like a Ho! Hey Like a Ho! Like a hey Trent Reznor, you're a fucking fruit from Ohio. Drop dead. <laughs> you know, do everybody else a favor. There's another one you need to get with Chris Hardwick and hold hands and fucking <laughs> swan dive into the fucking asphalt. It's true. Wow, you you get mad behind a drum machine. Why don't you fucking swan dive into the asphalt? Take Marilyn Manson with you. There's another talentless hack. He's nothing but a fat drunk now. If you've seen him, he looks like a fucking fat drag queen. He's like, I'm back to tour. It's like, oh, wow, I'm so excited to hear that. I'm going to go. I think he just made me have a bowel movement. <laughs> get open for corn. God. <laughs> you know what's crazy is the white trash shit from the nineties is still here. It's like, it is. It's, it's, it's just got. You know what it is. Do you know what trash. it is? It's like a fucking vagrant outside your home. <laughs> it is. It's like it's a fucking homeless vagrant outside oh, your house. That's a nice fucking. Head you look at Rob Crombie. It's like no, I don't. <laughs> you look at Slipknot. No, I don't. I like that. You look at Walking Dead. No, I don't. <laughs> screwdriver violence. Do and like, sweetheart, I love you to death, but this all is appropriated to my wife because all she likes is shit. <laughs> Unfortunately. But anyway, you know, I just I don't get it, man. You know. I don't know, it's just like it's got Hey, hey, hey guys, now hold on a minute. I got a visit here. For, it's me, it's Anthony. I came on your podcast. I want to tell you something. Did y'all see Dave Draymond? He had a fucking emulation video on. <laughs> so you can like disturb now. Anyway. I don't know. That's it's just, fucking stupid. The shit from the 90s that's that was so trash even then is still here. And it's just gotten even yeah, worse. Yeah, it's a stopped up toilet. And pe- fucking, <laughs> people still love it. And it makes no sense. It's a stopped up toilet, and Dr. West is the plunger. People can't give up. They can't just flush it. They gotta keep all this fucking. You gotta keep your poo around stools <laughs> fucking swimming around your potty bowl. Yeah. <laughs> your toddy bowl of shit. But, it, but, you know, it's not even about being negative about something. It's like it just. You, you have something pure, this great idea that George Romero did. And look, I respect Night of the Living Dead. It's just I prefer the Savini one just because it's in color and I just enjoy it more because I think it's gorier because he did the makeup and stuff, even though he's a butthole gory, but, uh, which I don't like. He's a butthole, but. <laughs> I just have, really enjoy it. Guy. I just don't really have, enjoy don't it. Don't they have twice of him, too? Yeah, part. and I don't understand that. It's just stupid. Hurry Krishner, the zombie. Just, I, think just that's what it, I think that's what he's supposed to be. I don't know. That's what I always thought he was. He's dumb looking. But whatever. But you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, and I and I get it. And different people have opinions. And I'm an idiot. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Or I talk too much. Thanks, Orphan Well. <laughs> but you know, it's it's not even about that. It's about taking something that was a really cool idea. And you know, even if they did films or whatever else to it, you know. Um, there, it just gets done to death, you know. And I, when they remade Dawn of the Dead, I was like, "This is a fucking turd." And I watched it, and it was. <laughs> and Sarah Polly again couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. <laughs> I bet I bet Chris Hardwick's like, "I'm her biggest fan. We're gonna have her on Talking Dead this week." You know what you should do? You should pull up a list of guests that have been on that shit show. 
Because it'd probably make me vomit. There's probably people that I love that have done that show. Well, Chris, Chris, Chris was like, "Hey, you can be on." He probably has you. You you can be. We'll give you Xfinity for two years, and it's not Comcast. It's Xfinity. We'll <laughs> give it to you for two years, and for free, and then uh, just come on my show talking dead. <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't I don't know how uh, that show warrants a fucking after show. It's like I don't know if Rick I don't know if Rick came tonight or not. <laughs> he was in that gas station toilet for thirty minutes. I don't know if he took a <laughs> shit or he jerked off. We'll see if he got hemorrhoids. I don't. I'm not sure. Maybe he jerked off while he was taking a shit because it stimulated his prostate. <laughs> and then Chris is like, "We'll be back in a minute with Scott Ian." And I'm like, "Wow, there's another bowel movement." <laughs> it's true. He should make his uh, red beard brown. It's just awful. And and the voiceover guy for AMC, <laughs> the voiceover guy for AMC gets on my everlock. AMC's like, the talking dumb. It's just it's too much. It's like yeah. you're you're killing me with your over dramatic. It's bullshit. like you're not Frank Sinatra. So it's just too much. Now time AMC's the walking dirt. Did you find us a list? Yeah, I'm looking. We'll see episodes. I guess. You want me to just list them right now, or you want me to just see which ones? Pick Let's just out do standout ones, because you know what would piss me off. I'm the ones that would make me want to vomit. I've never even heard of some of these fucking people. That's fine. The ones that would piss me off. I'm sure there's some, because I don't always know what's on there. Or anything you think fits for comedy. Will Wheaton? Uh, he's a fucking has-been. He'll fucking do anything to go on a show. I could get him to come on our podcast right now if I called him and offered him money. <laughs> it's true. Least favorite character of the next generation. He's a fucking... Him and fucking Whoopi Goldberg, that fucking idiot. <laughs> Jumping Jack Flash my ass. Get the fuck off that show. I'm gaining. You're annoying is what you are. I always wanted fucking Patrick Stewart to fucking throw her out the fucking bridge and dump her out the fucking airlock. Nathan Fillion. That's annoying. Yeah. But it, it's not like upset me annoying. It's just annoying. It's just like, wow, really? What 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 turd season of that castle show were you promoting when you went on there? Guys, like a sci-fi fucking... Because I love Firefly. I'm a, I'm a fucking Joss Whedon fan. And he fucking goes on that foot long. He we told me I could come on here and promote... Oh, I'm sure he was. <laughs> With dildo up his butt and all. <laughs> it's a croth. It's a croth dildo up my butt. He's such a fat fruit. <laughs> he is. He's just a fucking overweight fruit. <laughs> he puts out his turd records every couple of years when he gets broke and tours it. I don't know, honestly, there's nobody really... That there. Antichrist Superstar album should have been called Anti-Talent Superstar. <laughs> it's not really true. anything, like, notable that's been on there. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know Kevin Smith was, I know Scott Ian was. He's on there a bunch. Well, Kevin Smith has to promote nobody his that comic would be like stool show. Nobody that it would be like, oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Tonight on AMC's Comic Book Stool. <laughs> 
That show's terrible, too. I don't know if you've ever watched it. That Ming Chen, I just want to fucking deport him. He's fucking annoying. He's such <laughs> a fucking little Asian dork. God, the Eric Krishna fucking zombie drives me insane. Ken, I want you to kill it. Anyway. I love when he does the, when George does the shots down this little tiny hallway. I mean, it looks actually claustrophobic as fuck. I think it's funny they got a TV. We gotta have a TV. <laughs> gotta watch Wheel of Fortune. You know, the planet's consumed by zombies. It says extras who appeared in this film were reportedly given 20 bucks in cash, a box lunch, and a Dawn of the Dead t shirt. Nice. I would have done it for nothing, but that's pretty cool too. He's eating fucking caviar. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, for the for the guests, I want to talk about this for a second, and uh, we'll have Corey correct me if I get this wrong, but I think I've got it. Um, Ken Foray, when this film premiered, like when it was out, he was actually so broke, he was actually a limo driver. Yeah. And so, and along with him was also uh, uh, the blonde dude, but I can't think of his fucking name right now. Uh, Scott Reniger. Yes. Scott Reniger was also a limo driver. Is that not what he told us? Yeah, I think so. They would do it together or something. It's crazy. It's awesome. It is awesome. It sucked for them, but at the same time... It's an awesome story. They had a good experience out of it, yeah. Um, Find something on here. So as much of the fake blood used in the blood packets was a mixture of food coloring, peanut butter, and cane sugar syrup. I want to do a movie with Ken Foray and Keith David. Or David Keith. Whatever his fucking Keith name David. Is. Thank yeah. you, sorry. Whatever. The guy from They Live. That would be awesome. And The Thing. Whatever. And fucking Minute Work. The commie bastard gets no food. It's anyway. just them killing people. Whoever, they're just being badasses. Says Galen Ross refused to scream during the film. She felt that Fran was a strong female character, and if she screamed, the strength would be lost. She told us to George Romero once when he told her to scream. He never asked her again. So, it's interesting. She's gross too. <laughs> she looks like a, like a mannequin hooker. <laughs> Galen, gross. No, it's the truth. She looks like a mannequin that's a hooker. And of course, famously, the the filming took place during the winter of 77 and 78. Wow. Uh, I bet it was colder than balls <clears throat> in that mall. With a um, three-week hiatus during the Christmas shopping season. And that's where they filmed the other stuff, like the TV studio scenes and stuff like that. Um, they would film around 10 p.m. right after the mall closed, and they would finish at 6 a.m. The mall didn't open until 9, but uh, the music came on. The music came on, and nobody knew how to turn it off after 6 a.m., so they stopped filming at 6 a.m. because the fucking mall music. It's interesting. Fuck everything up, they didn't know how to turn it off. That's actually really funny. 
Sounds like how I, something would happen when I made a movie. So hey, turn this fucking music off, and then it ruins everything. Um, another historic tidbit here that most people already know is Tom Savini, you know, the gray color of the zombie skin. Um, I don't like it. He figured since the original zombies in Night of the Living Dead, it was in black and white, that he would just... Uh, um, awesome. Leave their faces white and shit. They're playing hockey. And then he said it was a bad idea, and he regretted it because a lot of them ended up looking blue. I think um, they look cool. Oh, and this skate rink is now a food court. Weird. But it was really in the mall at the time. It's crazy. And that... <laughs> they, this is just funny. There's a lot of goofy shit in this film. The zombies trying to coexist and lumber around. Can you unmute this part? I sure can. There's some audio. That's it. I just wanted to hear the... They must be destroyed on sight. Fucking awesome. Oh, there's another part of it. Oh, wait, no. Let's see if they can deal with it in that way. They had a film in Atlanta of Matty Ice becoming a zombie. And he played football better and he didn't choke. <laughs> Choked our brains. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so the yes, Satan. Rink, so the skating rink is now a food court, which is interesting. It is interesting. Um, it's a food court from hell. <laughs> So some of the actors playing zombies in the movie would frequently get drunk at a late night bar called the Brown Derby, which was in the Monroeville Mall. One night they stole a golf cart and crashed into the marble pillar, causing $7,000 worth of damage. I'm sure George was thrilled. Hysterical. Well, I mean, whatever. He gave him 20 bucks and I'm on my way. Also, it said Tom Savini used the same dummy throughout the course of filming. During that time, it was blown up, burnt, shot, and beaten, among other things. So they had a dummy that went through hell in this film, which you've already seen it a few times being thrown around and shit. And uh, Roger in the film, Scott Reiniger, says his favorite moment in this film was a spontaneous idea to slide down the escalator. The part that made him most nervous was driving the Volkswagen Sirocco around the mall. That's interesting. I think driving anything around a mall would be pretty nerve-wracking. It would just freak me out. I think being in a mall at night by yourselves, whether you're filming or not, would freak me out. Yeah. I mean, it'd be really fun. No, it'd be cool. But not if you were in a zombie apocalypse. It just freaked me out. Uh, I don't know they're going to do something else. 
This is where he gets bit. Uh, not Ken. Oh, Roger does. Yeah. I just thought this part was cool. And these guys are so smart, but there's always something that still fucking happens anyway. They get fucked. But they just had a game plan. I don't know what the fuck I would do. And people, I love how people always come up to me with some kind of zombie contingency plan. And it's always the same fucking one. They're always like, I'm gonna go to Walmart. That's what I'm gonna do. It's like, really? You're gonna go to Walmart where everybody <laughs> would be? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. They're like, well, that's why I can hold up in the sporting goods section. So that doesn't even make any sense. What you want to do is already have that shit. And just not even, you know, deal with it later. And they're like, well, that's where all the food is. Blah, blah. Like, that's... one. It's a heavy populated, you know, heavily populated store. So there's already going to be plenty of zombie shit going on. There's already going to be too many zombies in there, realistically. And, uh, you know, you can go to any... Oh, there's the bar right there. The, I saw it. The Brown Derby or whatever. Yep, that's hysterical. Um, you know, you don't want to hold up in something like a Walmart. That just makes no sense to me. Um, but every that's everybody's plan is to go to a Walmart. So. Here's that mask gets bit right here, too. Yeah. He's not being careful. He's being funny, trying to fucking headbutt him and shit. He just fucking left hook that that dude. He gets away from. Him. I like how the. I don't know the zombies are very silly in this film, but I don't think it's very effective. I mean, it's not. I've never been scared of anything in this movie. Some of the. Encounters where they're almost bit kind of scared me a little bit. When you were like, a kid. Yeah, I'm just like, no, I don't want him to get bitten, you know. But, uh, a lot of, some of the scenes are a little bit, like you said, claustrophobic, and that always got me as an effect in uh, horror films is the feeling of claustrophobia I don't like because I'm a little bit claustrophobic myself. Um, so to have a character being trapped somewhere, I, I don't like that at all. So that always got me. That's always a nice... Well, what they're doing right here is also fucking pointless, too. I don't even know why they thought this would actually help. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. I don't know. Of course, the result is uh, typical. Says in order to save on production costs, uh, George Romero had all the 35 millimeter film stock developed in the 16 millimeter and used that as his work reel. After the choosing the scenes and takes he wanted, he had those alone developed in the 35 millimeter. Why would you not shut that door? I mean, that was just fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, I would 24 7 be just a. 
is encased. I mean, it, is, is, uh, it happens here pretty soon. It's just fucking stupid. It's one of those things, careless mistake, where you're... If you let one get in, then all the other ones are going to get in if you're not careful. The living quarters where the four heroes shacked up and wasn't located in the mall. It was a set built at George A. Romero's production company, the Leighton Image, which is in Pittsburgh. The elevator shaft was located in there as well. well. That's just nasty anyway. Even if you're not bit, they're putting their fucking nasty fucking fingers in your mouth and shit. Oh. He's still sitting there laying there where they can walk up and get on him. Yeah, it's like, don't have any sense of urgency at the moment. You're on a platter right now, hanging out the window. The door like that. I guess since Ken's there, he feels a little safer, but I can't, you know, can't count on people save your life every fucking second and I like that kill the blood came out like a fucking pitcher nasty like a fountain (laughs) there was uh let's see took like three hours of makeup to turn someone into a zombie so that's it doesn't really look like it, but it's amazing how um, how much it takes for just so little. I don't know, because it just looks like, just by looking at them, they just painted their face gray and they just put some red on them. But that's apparently took three hours to make them look like that. It's crazy. Ooh, it's a nice tomato smash. <laughs> we got some good... Uh, the zombie kills here. See, that would be the fun part. Imagine seeing people um, that were already at the mall that you hate that are zombified. It's da- it's dangerous, them. though. You know, you yeah. messing around with that. That's the one thing in this movie that is stressful. And then when he gets bit, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a fucking done deal. Yeah. But <laughs> wouldn't it be fun to see some people you hate in the zombie apocalypse? You can just run them over. Yeah. Or shoot them, whatever, you know. And they're just sitting there wasting helicopter fuel. I don't even know what the fucking point of that is. With the barricade, the front thing. Because there's other entrances, too. You know, they just, I don't know. Just to walk out into that shit. And of course, Candace doesn't like the idea from him just shooting that shit. Because he's being careless anyway. There it is. Yeah, once you see that, it's like the damage is done. I guess it's not right here. He gets bitten at some point, I remember. He gets bitten in the leg, too. Or the arm, I can't remember. He did get bit. I think he tries to hide it. No, it. you actually see it. 
Because he's like... I think it's towards the end because he becomes a zombie at the very end. Yeah, because he kills him. Yeah. And he he actually kind of makes for a scary zombie. I like the way he looked always kind of haunted me when I was younger because I guess I liked his character so much. Um, Of course, the character Peter played by Ken is my favorite, but um, Roger was always... You know, it's they're like best friends, so I didn't want any of them to get fucked up, you know. So oh, yeah. Uh, whenever that happened, to just see him as a zombie kind of freaked me out a little bit. Might be right here. Cause he's in a bad place where he can't even fucking see what the hell's going on. And that bitch again, who already almost got him before. I don't know, I just walk around with a fucking suit covered in razor blades. There it is. He gets bitten in the fucking arm. Because he's being a fucking idiot. He's standing there. They get him again. Yep. Oh. Also, they can park trucks in front of the mall. I thought that was goddamn stupid. I wouldn't have done it. I'd be like, y'all want, the, y'all want that stuff done? You go do it. Have that zombies to do it. They can park. Yeah, he's fucking done. I would have just went right there because you're fucking dead. He got bit fucking twice, too. You're just prolonging the inevitable. I always thought it was interesting, too, is a lot of times people make the argument you know, to go, he's the main character, of course. It, you know, some people, the zombies, they turn immediately. Other characters, they, you know, turn. He got bit twice. He's done. Other characters, they turn a lot later in the films. They keep him around, but it's like, if you think about it, people have different blood flows and metabolisms and stuff like that, so um, that would explain. He's already dying. Yeah, I would explain people turn into zombies quicker in zombie films or turn way later. I mean, and at some point the flyboy guy gets it. Oh yeah, his his zombie. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert: the only people too. that get out of here is Ken Foray and that chick, and maybe just Ken Foray. It seems like maybe the chick does. I can't remember. I haven't watched this in forever. She has that dream sequence thing at the end. I think. You can't really tell what's reality at that point or not. Oh, yeah. You're right, I forgot about that. Now, I know all this stuff wasn't in the actual uh, mall. There wasn't an actual gun shop in the mall. Um, It's a crazy thing. I know a lot of the the hunters that you saw in the beginning and the National Guard and stuff, those were all, like, volunteers. They, like, brought their own guns and shit like that. It's weird. Yeah, and this... This, uh... <laughs> it's these, always some noise. These guns weren't weren't even in the actual mall. I was trying to find where they actually were in here, but... Yeah, the weapons store was never a part of the Monroeville Mall. Uh, George shot those scenes in a gun shop in downtown Pittsburgh and edited the footage in to make it look like it was a shop in the mall. Interesting. There you go.
Ken Foray is, um, if you guys have ever seen Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, that's a film that I really enjoyed him in. Um, he's a cool character in that film. And of course, he's also in Night Riders, which is a film Corey and I both like, another George Romero film that was made actually right after they made uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Not directly after, but it was a film that was made later. Uh, jousting knots on motorcycles, which is pretty fucking cool. But yeah, the it's definitely a cla claustrophobic atmosphere to this film. And now with him being bit, you know that he's just basically a rolling corpse. No pun intended. It's just a matter of time till he was, you know, he's fucking done too. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I, as a kid, I, I could never tell what was going on, you know. <clears throat> was you know, was Flyboy gonna die? Was that girl gonna die? You knew knew that the blonde dude was going to die because he's been bit fucking twice. I mean, he's on fucking... It's just a matter of time. He's dead. It's fucking scary. Are you a zombie hunter or are you the zombie? You know, it's fucking back and forth. Now they're... They went to the gun shop. Now they're... Going to a couple other places. pushing what's-his-name around in a fucking wheelbarrow and just looks fucking silly. Now they're lighting up uh, torches to weld the... weld people out of the... This part was always funny to me. They're trying to get to this parked car that's in the middle of the mall so they can get to all the different entrances to get, them, get, the, get everything locked. And I always thought it was funny because Flyboy almost gets fucking killed. He almost ends up getting bit right here as well, which he doesn't, but it's a miracle that he doesn't get killed. It's interesting, though, that you... the the idea behind... I don't know whatever possessed, because I don't know the backstory for it, but I'm sure something possessed George Romero to uh, shoot in a mall in Pennsylvania. It's just really strange. I don't know. I mean, question some of his film choices. I don't know. It's just bizarre. This film's bizarre, too. As much as I like it, it's just I always thought it was really weird. It has a weird pace to it. It always felt like it was too long to me, like it should have been like 30 minutes shorter.
kind of short and sweet, you know, instead of the... I don't know, it's like he actually tried to do character development with these, with these people that we, we really don't even know. I always thought it was weird. But this movie's definitely effective. There's no denying that. It's a very effective film. Of course, now they've finally got to the car and they're setting all the alarms and locking everything up so they can get back to their little, uh, get back to where they uh, can get back to where they were hold, held up in here, where they're living. And using the car was a really good idea because that way they can maintain what they're doing and keep from getting bitten like like Roger's dumbass did when he was outside putting those pointless trucks in front of the door, which Tom Savini and his biker gang will, of course, later move. It's fucking pointless. I don't know, it's always interesting to me. Uh, the different uh, shots that he used in this film, too. And definitely, it's so claustrophobic. It's, it's actually, that's the part of the movie that scares me the most is some of the shots that he takes of the dead zombies and the zombies that are alive and then the different shots inside the mall, the camera angles, it's pretty brilliant actually. You can always tell too because it's, it's uh, like right when they go back to the where they're living at, it's like you can just tell it's like it's a fucking shitstorm having to go back and forth like that because of where they're held up at. It's fucking gross. It's giving Roger an injection. It's fucking gnarly. He's about to fucking zombify. And put a fucking bullet in his fucking head. They should go ahead and do it and get him out of his misery. Instead of letting him lay there and suffer. Never understood the point of that. Do they think he's actually going to fucking get better? It's like he's been bit twice. It's kind of stupid if you ask me, but whatever. Nobody did. So now they're constructing the wall um, that they used to hide where they're up hiding in their little nest inside the mall up there. Where the security office is, I believe. Again, in my opinion, I, I think he tries to do too much with character development in a goddamn zombie film. I don't really think there's any point in it. Maybe it's what the people in Walking Dead inspired them. They're like, we need to do, do hours and hours of drama surrounding this. It's like, well, it is what it is. It's just like the same thing. I'd go in there if he really cared about... Um, Roger, you just put a bullet in his fucking head. That's Sorry, true. Guys, I had to take a dawn of the dump. No, you're good, man. You, you, but you know what I mean. You just—it's like they're just laying there, letting him die. It's just—I don't know. Now, there's some downtime here. I apologize. I just don't have much to say. Well, they're just putting on the pile here. That's pretty nasty. They even had the bikers show up yet. You gotta be tired. I feel like I've been beat with a bat. Oh, yeah. You think we can troop it out? How, where are we at in this thing? This thing is a long movie. It is. 
Yeah, we haven't seen the bikers yet. That's not even the midway point of the film. They yeah, were well. That's almost over. Not about fifty minutes. minutes. <laughs> Another hour to go. We can do it. If you want? Yeah, we might as well. Uh, the damn the. I mean, this is just a brutal part. I mean. If you really think about it, brutality is not always just the gore and stuff like that. I mean, just putting yourself, I don't know if you do that in films and you watch them, you put yourself kind of in the position. Me? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, certain ones. I think the, to me, that's ones. what I was just saying when you were... Like for the good when ones. When you were like, dropping a hot log, I was saying that it's just bleak. <laughs> like just... This just, movie's bleak. Like it is, I mean, if you people actually, want to talk about something dark or morbid or anything, this movie just feels <clears throat> morbid to me. It always like, has. Like, people won't really get it if you're watching. That's really funny. You know, people don't really get it when you're watching Walking Dead because you got all these people, samurai, swords, and they can just fucking do karate moves and kill zombies and stuff. And they're just impervious to dying. But on this, this shows more of the reality that you don't think about of a zombie apocalypse because, you know, you got this guy, he's still wanting to shop and he's fucking eating and he's still, you know... This part was always really funny because they're just like doing what I would do. They're just looting everything, and she's skating. That's fucking weird. You know, me and the doctor would be playing fucking hockey on that. <laughs> you know, we would <clears throat> get that cripple to come out there too, wheelchair fucker, and come out there and play some hockey with us. It'd be awesome. But uh, you know, they're showing all the little fun things now. At this point, this is where the movie gets back to being uh, really entertaining. Um, but before it, you know, they're showing. When you think you don't really think about stuff like, well, when there's so many zombies everywhere, like in piles that you've killed, you can't just like leave them hanging out everywhere. You gotta kind of clean up a little bit if you're gonna be living in a mall. You know, so that's something you don't really think about that they show in this film is the humility of it and what you actually would have to do. <laughs> that giant piece of fucking bread. Was that like fifteen? Giant loaf. Giant loaf bread. That looked like the loaf I took. I mean, I'll say this. I don't know about you because you, you you modern others would not another be video game stores. Or I mean, I have stuff to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'd be entertained. Like I said, if there's that fucking skating rink, we'd be good for a while. Playing fucking drunk hockey in there. Well, here's what I'd be go doing. To, now, let's, let's, brown, let's modernize this to right now. Here's what I would go be doing. Go to Brown Derby, play some hockey, play some video Well, you know games. what I'd be, what I would be doing? I wouldn't be doing this. We just have a system up there. We don't even fucking need that in a TV. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I'd be over, like like if it was at like a mall we've been to before in our past or whatever. I mean, I'd be at the movie theater. I'd be up there turning stuff on. I'd be watching oh, movies. Yeah. It's someone watching it. I mean, you'd run out because all stuff, you'd have yeah. is whatever was there, but you'd still have movies to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Watch the same damn thing. We can make fun of the ads on there. Yep. Yeah, it'll be fun. They probably have stuff stockpiled, too, if you think about it. That they haven't gotten rid of yet, that they still have reels of in there. Um, I don't know, people just don't think think about all the other things that this film kind of shows, like the having to pile up the bodies and stick some of Did them Did you see pennies? It just says pennies. It's kind of funny. I think it was before it went. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, they had to stuff a bunch of zombies in the fucking like cooler, like the damn meat locker. It's crazy. Um, just to make it cleaner and to 
you know, you don't know what zombies are just laying around, and then they could still be alive, you know, you don't know. So, those are little subtle Unmuted. things you Unmuted don't know. Unmuted, hurry. I don't know where the fucking thing is. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. He used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Ken Ferre, ladies and gentlemen, words of wisdom. Sorry, I had one to. Of the most I didn't iconic. Mean to that no, it's one of the most iconic quotes in all of horror history, and that's where this is from. So. Um, and again, at this point, do you really want? I would have just capped him. I, I mean, it sounds awful, but I mean, they literally wait and let him zombify. You know, I would have let him shop, and I would have let him do his thing, eat his eat his peach juice or whatever he was doing. I don't know what that was. That he was drinking. Some, you say peach juice? Peach juice. I don't know what it was. It was <laughs> I thought you said peach juice. <laughs> peach juice, you know. Uh, yeah, it was some kind of fruit in a jar with juice in it. Um, but after that, I would just cap his ass because you can't really... You can't, you know... You don't let him live well, I mean, they're like giving that. him morphine at this point. It's time for a bullet. Yeah, you don't let him live like that. Plus, you're using up morphine when... You Some may need accident it for, can yeah, happen. Yeah, you break your leg or hurt yourself. Or. When you're not fucking bit that you need it for, you know. You don't know how long you're going to be held up in there. Not very long if you're not killing this and They're guy. upset and they're all mad about it, but it's like you're, somebody's going to have to be a man. Yeah. And what I would do, I would take him up on the roof and cap him. Yeah. I'd do it late at night where you where there would be less chance of, of looting. I mean, at this point, there. he just looks so shitty. I mean... It's amazing how they did it. Because he actually looks... Yeah, I guess they roughed his hair up. His hair is not very... It's very thin anyway. But he just looks... He looks like a zombie already. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't know how they did that. It's just the wonders of uh, filmmaking. But It's great. And it's one of the parts I that freaked me out when I was a kid was seeing him slowly turn into that. Maybe. When they should have re- realistically just capped him. Oh yeah, they don't. I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to leave. You know, let me get like that. You know. That's what I'm saying. You want to be capped? It's like, I mean, after I I've been bit twice, I'd be like, why don't you? Just... I would take somebody's gun and do it myself. You know. I don't know if his character in this is like. I mean, he looks like a Christian really character, or like I don't know if he's a religious character or he doesn't want to take his own life, but. I would give up my religion in a heartbeat if zombies existed. And be like, well, there's just no point of that. So I don't care what Solid Snake here says, you know. <laughs> um, zombies exist. Everything's thrown down the fucking drain. So I would just cat myself or run outside and just until I just fall down dead and become. One of the one of the sheep, one of the man-eating sheep. Well, that's mainly what I'd be doing is uh, getting hammered. What Ken Foray is doing, just fucking downing straight Jack Daniels. Here it comes. And this part always freaked me out when I was a kid because it's it, scary right now. I loved his character, and to see him slowly degradate into this fucking zombie, it just always scared me because. When I was little watching this, I didn't have anyone to ask about it. And 
I didn't know what was happening. We're down to the line. Down to the line. You know, of course I knew he was becoming a zombie, but I didn't have any way of explaining what was happening. At He's about to fucking you know I mean? go... Oh, yeah. He should have done it two days ago, though. Or a week ago, her one. I guess some people need to... Give themselves a reason to do it instead of just killing somebody that's still, I guess, them. I don't know. That's kind of a rule of thumb now is just don't even, you know, kill them before they even get to that point. So I'm sure it's not very, uh, yeah, it's just fucking scary. No, I'm sure it doesn't feel very good to slowly turn into that where your body starts to ache and harden and shit and your mind turns into something else like getting fucking syphilis or something there's some audio rational rewind well no don't but that, that's one that's another famous thing is that we're down to the line yeah. down to the line I feel like that guy right now. I don't know. I'm just like, we've got to remain away. <laughs> I was fine, then all of a sudden it just hit me like 55 pounds of bricks. I wouldn't have buried him in there either. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but no. That's why it's fun target practice with the mannequins. Oh, this film's very fun, and it's also very desolate and scary. Uh, they pull it off really well, too, transitioning from the comedy to the just kind of normal life, too. I mean, they're having, like, a fucking... Somebody's pulling in right now from a late night. Fuck. They're having a, you know, 2 a.m. dinner right now, like a five-course fucking thing who's serving on the Ken oh I gotta say there's like nobody else there it's weird that was the other thing I didn't like about the uh, the remake is that there's way too many people in that mall this one they didn't really have anyone there but that one there was like it was almost like a game show there was just like ten people there like let's see who can survive it's Bob and his, and his sister Jill and there's you know just all these fucking people in that movie I shouldn't have you know it feels <laughs> it feels a lot more uh, human in this film the way that they made it because there's not really any people to watch each other's backs and um, in the other one there's just so many of them Ugh. And the characters all suck in that movie, you know. Yeah, it's just, just I didn't want any of them to live. That like, fucking Guido guy, and he's porking that chick. He's like, I don't know. It's, that movie's just. Oh, terrible. the guy from Modern Family. That's. <laughs> I hate that fucking guy. I don't like him in anything. Then, uh, I don't know. The way they just did it was just. I mean, look, it's a horror movie. I'm not really supposed to like any characters. If it's a slasher... I hate Sarah Pauly, too. Yeah, I really if do. If it's a slasher, I'm not supposed to like you. But 
if it's a zombie film where it's all about survival, you're going to have to give me people I actually want to survive. But that film, nobody. I wanted everyone in that film to die, and they did. So well, that looks like they had fun. I don't think I've ever looked like that after sex before in my life. That's just really bad. Now, if you guys, if you want some Mr. Skinless to not whack off to, you can, one hour and 35 minutes, five seconds, uh, or a little bit before that maybe, you can have some nasty Galen tits, Galen Ross. Because she's just not attractive. Um... But if you're into that sort of thing... Is she pregnant? No. Maybe, I don't know. Surely not after, like, six hours of what looked like regrettable sex, so... I mean, surely, if you're in a zombie apocalypse, I would have felt like a million bucks after getting laid. Because he's lucky to have been paired up with her to even get any of that. Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, they just look like... I mean, I guess since... That dude just died, and you know. Uh, I'd be, uh, see what he's doing. I think smart. He's trying to stay in shape. He's probably also drunk. Because <laughs> that's all he's been doing. He's fucking drinking and playing tennis. Um. But yeah, I don't know. They did just kill. Uh, What's his name off? Uh, Roger. And then they went and got some. But, you know, what else are you going to do in this? That's what happens. People die. You shoot a lot of people. You get laid. You should feel good about it. Because at least there's something positive going on. But um, Yeah, never looked like that after sex in my life. So I don't know <laughs> what, what's going on with them and why they can't appreciate that. But... Maybe they couldn't get off. I don't know. That would be my guess. He just... He probably couldn't get hard or something. <laughs> There's no Viagra in the mall, so he was fucked. And Limp boy instead yeah. of Limp boy. <laughs> he was like, I should have told it's you. G- it's wheelchair fucker because yeah. he can't ever get hard. He was like, I should have told you IDD. But uh, I didn't want to be embarrassed, so... I guess maybe you can flick your bean... Why you look at my flaccid flyboy PP? Of course, if you think during this time looking through vinyl records, ugh. It's another thing if you're trying to just look through. Damn it! The doctor's uh. I have issues with my Johnson. <laughs> but no, but, I mean, it's just weird. And it's funny that, I mean, like, for 30 minutes of this film, it's just them fucking off. And then Savini shows up and it's over. Yeah. Yeah, because the biker gang fucks everything up. So they're just kind of doing their own thing. They're having their little drinks and playing their little games, you know, occasionally having to shoot some zombies. They're gambling as if any of that matters. And of course, I guess a lot of time has passed, you know, because they just had the TV on. It's been three days since then. 
play better. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> All they've been doing for three days is having regrettable yes. sex and gas. <laughs> It is weird. It just seems like they couldn't pork. I don't know. It's really strange. I never really thought about that scene before, but it's actually funny. It, it almost also makes you. It almost also makes you wonder if, if, you know, if if uh, if Ken Frey didn't didn't pork her. Probably. He's just hard up, or he does a, a wheelchair fucker. He face fucks her. She's like, look, I think you're, I think you're really cute, Flabber, but you're just not. You just don't have a big black con. He's like, let me empty this fucking four month old sack. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I want you to carry my brown baby. <laughs> oh man. The dumb thing is, it's, I don't know why I'm so goddamn tired. Like, I am fighting it. I know. I mean, like, bad. Like, I'm going to be like, they're going to be like, yeah, he died on the way home in his car. Because <laughs> it's like, no, it won't, because I'll hit that cold and I'll be like, oh. I put my jacket on. I feel better now. Kind of get up and walk around a sec. I don't know why, but th- this is a slow movie. I don't, I don't know how to compare it to something. I mean, the damn Vincent Price thing wasn't as slow as this. Oh, there's the... Uh, there's Tom, so if the shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah, but the weird thing is they have a chopper. I don't know why they hold out in this mall. They can't just fly somewhere else. Hit the time marker on it real quick. I'm curious. So you figure... Like 30 minutes. Another television show worth of uh, time here. Yeah, but... (laughs) uh, Maybe she is pregnant. I I bet if anybody has fallen along at this point, if there really were... If they tried to do this when we did it with the amount of sleep you and I've had lately, I'd say they're done. (laughs) We've got a lot of... We've got a lot of sleepy kids listening. Like there's a... There's Phil and Salma with his Nazi helmet on. Good lord. Oh, but uh, for you sleepy heads out there, uh, we have Emulation coming on the show. We got uh, Ross and Rob. We had a very awesome time going out there. I thought you said guys. Ross and Rop. <laughs> Rop and Rop. <laughs> Ross and Rop. <laughs> We got Ross and Rob from Immolation. Um, played a killer show when we went out there. We got there pretty late, so we actually missed half their set, which is disappointing. Um, but we had a good time, and uh, the interview was great. We covered a lot of a lot of shit with them. All the shit we could probably cover, so uh, from start to finish, the record like we always do, and. Uh, at this point, where with the the biker gangs come about to come, ruin the fucking day for everybody. So, like they usually do. It's usually, what bikers do anyways. <laughs> They're big, loud fucking vaginas. The cockroaches of humanity. Here they go. Here. 
or something. Uh, it says, uh, apparently, several members of the marauding band of bikers were played by members of the local chapter of the Pagans Motorcycle Club. Interesting. Uh, the elaborate motorcycles they drove were their own. <sighs> so that's interesting. It is interesting. Well, there's other stuff about though. Oh, balls. Looks like a damn John Cougar Mellencamp video. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It looks like the Hurt So Good video. Here, let me story. No, hold on. I'm playing the Hurt So Good video right now. Because I'm going to show you that I'm not even joking that that's what that looked like just then. Oh, yeah. Life goes on. Long after the thrill. Jerking off oh, is gone. Oh, killing dead people's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, in addition to the lead biker blades. Tom Savini plays a zombie who breaks the window of the truck and is shot by Roger with a revolver. I thought he looked familiar. This scene leaves a bloody smear on the windshield. The effect was created by Savini throwing himself on the non-moving truck and spitting a mouthful of blood on the windshield. Kind of looks like a, a paintball uh, shot when that happens, too. It's really funny. I like how that dude's wearing a fucking nifty sombrero. So yeah, these are the real choppers, these guys. So they've got some <clears throat> crazy-looking bikes on this. Oh, yeah. And here we fucking go. They're just mowing down with these giant bikes. These uh... That would be way too scary, just driving a motorcycle into a zombie running him over. I couldn't do that. The beer the hunters are seen drinking is Iron City Beer, a once popular beer brewed in Pittsburgh with George A. Romero's film company. The latent image produced and filmed a number of Iron Beer City TV commercials during the late 60s and early 70s. It's interesting. That's from way... I, don't even, I barely remember the Hunters in this film, but I, I do remember Are you ready? It was so fucking long ago. <laughs> you want to go back to that fucking scene? The whole thing that's like all these bikers. It's what How do you mean. remember this fucking music video? Because it, I remember it from when I was a kid. Because mine was a biker, so it always made This is like the, that part right there. This is also the only somebody song needs I to ever put liked this, by him. Somebody needs to put this song in there. Like edit <laughs> We it. should take the we'll, clip. We'll do, do you want to do yeah, it? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. What's the song called? Hurt So Good. This, is, so this good. is my favorite song by him. Okay. Well, guys, you will see a phantasm version of the when the bikers show up. Turn it up and watch this. It's like the new music video. Well, Perfect fit in yeah, like, Sleep deprivation, it'll do it for you. Trying to give a little bit of fun. I always 
That's perfect. <laughs> this all seems really funny. <laughs> I don't know how these guys aren't laughing at this. I would be laughing my balls off. You know this song? Yeah. I love this song. I saw our bikers come in and start pawing zombies in the face. I'd be laughing my fucking dick off. That was very territorial. I mean, they probably could have... made some deal with the bikers. I don't see why... You would just like be a fucking butthole about these bikers. I'm telling you, this actually fits. That would be a funny video if you did that. I'm that my it. balls off. <laughs> Fantastic presents. And the song kind of explains this film. It's funny. See this look. See this look. Wow. I'm what you joking. It's like the same scene, just like night. It's fucking funny. That is awesome. <laughs> It's a great song, though, I think. I always like that song. Here we go. Here's one of the famous ones right there. Forget his name, but that's one of the most iconic. Oh, yeah, the... Little scenes right there is the zombie with the machete through his head. Well, I can't think of his name. He has a name. It's like Fred or something stupid. But uh, for all you death metal fans out there... uh, the cover of Cancer to the Gory End has that scene on the front. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Of whatever that zombie is and the machete going through his head. So to the Gory End. Let me see if I can pull up the image here. I don't know why. That just popped in my head. Sleep deprivation for you kids. I don't know. Fucking awesome. That actually looks like Friday the 13th. It does. That's what I always thought that was from. It's from this. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. See, look, keep it in your head. That hurts so good. <laughs> look, it still Constantly fits. Constantly play it? that like the whole movie. I mean, it's fucking funny. I should probably play it right now one more time. It actually fits. Yeah, the with image this. is a painting based on the still from the 1978 horror film Dawn of the Dead. All right. That's the first cancer record. Which was, of course, uh, produced by Scott Burns. It's a great record. One of the one of three that's really good by Cancer. It's recommended. Um, it's ironically, you know, being as we have done two episodes in a row tonight. Um, song number three on the. To the gory end record by Cancer is called Witch Hunt, which goes back to uh, 
the Witchfinder General episode we recorded earlier. <laughs> yeah, you can just do it like the whole fucking film from now on, like the, when the once they show up, this is like the biker theme, it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> It just, I mean, it's actually making this funny. But not funny in a bad way, it fits. It's like Tom Savini's thing. this to actually play out more like a comic book. Which they, I guess the studio considered it a, uh, you know, they considered this to be more of a comedy, but it's not. It just kind of plays like goofier than it's supposed to. So I think most, for the most part, it's actually a very just a morbid movie. <laughs> He's about to hurt so good. This is the only part of the movie so far on this, uh, this nice hand sever. Um, Well, that was the only part right there I noticed where the print kind of looks shitty. So far, it hasn't uh, messed up at all. It's funny. I don't know why it is right now, but it's just funny. What the hell just happened to him? He just shot him. <laughs> He's got like a giant fucking mallet, I thought. <laughs> I thought it was like a toilet plunger for a minute. There goes Tom. <laughs> One thing and how I, appropriate. He's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> One thing I do like, um, if you guys have ever watched any of the uh, George movies after Day of the Dead, which... I, well, I'd recommend you guys to watch it them at least once or twice. You know, this is funny. With the, you should always watch something once. <laughs> um, but Tom Savini, of course, returns as a zombie in Land of the Dead as the same character, which is cool. This kid, this is raunchy right here. There's a bunch of them, eh? Do you remember this? Yeah. Pull it off while it's still on there. The full pressure. They pull his arm off. It's well, they pull him off of his arm. It's more like it. We're pretty damn close now, so... <clears throat> winding down here ladies and gentlemen and don't forget that we have Ross and Rob from Immolation on the show an interview is coming you can go on YouTube and listen to just the interview if you want to be 
Oh, if you want to be a bitch and not listen to the whole thing, if you prefer just to listen to the uh, interview, that's fine. They're eating that one guy like fried chicken. Do you <laughs> see them peel him off or peeling him? Oh. Should <laughs> <laughs> have left the music on. Oh, he's a Nazi fag anyway, so. Eat the Nazi bikers. Yeah, my, my, I never awesome. understood why that biker thought, hey, I'm going to stop and get my blood pressure checked on when there's zombies running around. I'm talking math or something. Yeah, they fed the zombies, so. He's a fucking corpse. He gets eaten like front, like fucking a wing special. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's done. Hey, you done. And his, his zombie looks pretty nasty, too, when you see him as a zombie. Because I was always invested in these characters, because, you know, George does a really good job with the character development. I mean, this movie's so long, it makes, you know, you would have to, but... Um, He's a fucking pizza, though. <laughs> he's already fucking dead. Yeah, he's a fucking ham and cheddar. He's still capping fuckers. Yeah, I was, I was always invested in these characters early on. And uh, watching them all slowly get picked off is pretty disheartening. That zombie's face is hilarious. Like when you see uh, Roger turn into a zombie, like I said earlier, that always gave me chills because I didn't I don't know why he just that. doesn't blow his own brains out. Yeah, or put your put it in your mouth and then stand in front of that zombie. I would have beat the fuck out of that zombie. I don't know why. I just didn't like his face. But uh, I will put the gun in my mouth and hold my head back of my head up to as many zombies as possible and just try and shoot them with me. I don't know. Do some badass moves. I don't know if people get eaten by a zombie I don't know how you don't at that point have the courage to just blow your brains out I think he's just telling them he has to know that he's a fucking corpse <clears throat> or they're just going to go through the same process again like they did with Roger oh like he wants to yeah that was always really nasty the, the arm is still in there checking the blood pressure pretty awesome nice little uh, little scene there and then two other zombies are fighting over another and it's something happened where he's like gonna kill himself and then all of a sudden he's like no I'm gonna live and then he runs yeah it's like I said it's been a minute since I watched he it. puts the gun like in his mouth and then I think uh, Flyboy shows up as a zombie I think that's what happens it interrupts him there's that bar right there again I think that's so funny that the zombies will go there. It's crazy. There's a bar. This mall the... actually looks like one of those malls we were in in Atlanta on our trip last year with Jans. Remember? Yeah. Doesn't it? Those stairs and the... Well, this is the... Uh, and there's Flyboy. Um, which there's a new figure of him coming out, which they've made so many of them. Does he look like that? Yes. I think it's pretty cool. I have no interest in buying that, though. But they've, they've made figures of him already. 
That's what you I said it's NACA? Yeah. It's weird. There's that one, there's that flannel zombie that's in the beginning. Um, I definitely don't want that. No. I want the living characters. I don't really care for the zombies. You know what I want to see a zombie? I want to see it like get shot, and that's it. Yeah. I want a figure of it as a zombie, you know. Um, <coughs> although I would see it. It would be funny watching a zombie riding a bike around and shit. Um, I don't know. I did, I, oh, that's right. He uses his memory to lead them up that way, doesn't he? Yeah. I think it's crazy that... See, he's like blue. I think it's crazy that there's a bar in the mall. It's pretty awesome. But this used to be one of the largest malls in America. <clears throat> and then I guess they built so many other big ones after this. was That mall over here? Yeah. He used to have a bar in it a long time ago. Really? Yeah. Huh. It sure did. That's crazy. It was a restaurant, but it still had a bar in it. Yeah. Yeah, but the one in here was a straight-up bar, which is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. And that flyboy ends up being a fucking asswipe because he... That's what I'm saying. He's a, he's, he's a rat turd. <laughs> he's ugly as sin, too. He's like... <laughs> that always pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, I don't like him. I didn't like him anyway. Especially for Ken's kind of a butthole. Yeah. Oh, I was getting really close. I think this Blu-ray looks outstanding. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Doesn't it look good? Yeah. And I've never seen it. This thing's a fucking relic. There goes Flyboy. You think this thing's ten years old? This Blu-ray. It's no bullshit there. It's one of the first Blu-rays I bought. It's hard to find. This one's not even half as pricey as the. It's a price thing, and you, know, you can get this for roughly forty bucks. I mean, it's not bad. And you said you almost got it. And you got butt fuck. Yeah, you get the eBay butt fuck, the, the snipe fuck. People say they don't use that stuff. They do. If you guys ever, or uh, avid, I'm sure you guys are, if you're collectors listening to this podcast, um, I don't know if you ever got eBay sniped before, but it's it's where you have control of an auction for so fucking long, and in the last like three seconds you're outbid. People don't have that much impeccable timing. There's these websites you can go on, and you can set you can you can have it look up an auction the one you're interested in. And it'll put in an auto bid, and you can put the time when you want it to auto bid you. So you can put last three seconds in there. And then eBay, you know, apparently has taken a lot of those sites down themselves and stuff like that to counter. They have to cheaters and stuff. But they, yeah, there's, there's, I've seen it happen. There's no way people outbid me with three seconds. Left. They just people don't just come on and be like, "Ooh, that looks cool," and like bid over. No, someone was watching it the whole time, like you were, and they butt fucked. You. you can do it for like days, though. Like, I can go right now on something that's like six days away from ending, and put when it hits two seconds left on the bid, enter in this amount. You know, which is bullshit. So that's what people do. I have a Derringer that looks just like that. Really? It was given to me by my uncle. I mean, I don't carry it or anything, but it's like, yeah, it's got two shots in it. Yeah, it's a nice, nice piece. 
sure. That last zombie looked like Bruce Campbell. I was you just see it? I say that, yeah. Wow. The Bruce Campbell yeah, zombie. That's him. That's hysterical. <clears throat> it starts playing this music, and it's like, fine, fine. Remember, it's all like like this happy march. No, not that. So I say that's called the gonk. Oh, this. It's the <laughs> Ken's whipping ass. It's the hero music. See, Ken doesn't give a fuck. He's getting out of there and he's not getting bit. Nope, and he doesn't. I mean, they're getting away in the chopper, but I don't know why they didn't in the first place. They've been using the chopper forever. It's nothing doesn't make any sense about this film. I mean, I'm not nitpicking. I guess the they truth. couldn't. There's Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I, I guess they couldn't. They they thought they could sustain there and live there comfortably without having that, because you know they just wanted to settle and go somewhere. They thought they could be safe. But. I wouldn't think a mall or anywhere that's like heavily populated zombies or no zombies. This is also like the Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is like the, the excuse me, the I messed up my thing, good, the bad, and ugly of the, the westerns. It's just long and it's direct and it's epic. <laughs> <clears throat> there they go, safe and sound. First film, very morbid ending. This film gives you a little bit of hope. Yeah. And there's the gonk. The song. <laughs> Always loved this. I don't know why. It's just funny. If you've ever watched uh, that horrid show, Robot Chicken, this is the, the song at the, on the credits of that. I think that show's funny. It is funny. There's a lot of references on that I don't get, but for the most part I do. But, uh... Yeah, if, if, if you guys are fans of Robot Chicken out there, this is the the song that they play at the end. Famously, because I guess they're fans of this movie, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, final thoughts on this. There's, of course, the old The Goblins by Dario Argento, which is awesome. Uh, did the music famously. This song, of course, is not Goblin. This is somebody else. Um, I can't remember... But yeah, the the print of this looks great. Uh, this is the uh, Anchor Bay version. Um, I know there's some European versions. This of is this. the only American version there is. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe it will ever be. I've never heard talk of them ever getting. Yeah, this. there might be something. Maybe Arrow will grab it. As big of a movie as uh, Arrow released this in the UK, and it is a region free, so. We could watch it on our players. It probably looks really good, too. Oh, it is region-free? Yeah. See, the one I saw was not. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, there is a region B one also, but I don't know if that was Arrow. But uh, credits are very short on this, too. Um, but yeah, if you want to pick this up yourself, it's about... Um, what is it, like 40 bucks roughly, you pay on eBay for it. That was down to the door mark, didn't it? Isn't too bad. Um, yeah, there's not much I can say about this film other than 
Play it's, one more thing before you. It's a it's a class. We're doing our recap. I need you to okay. play one trailer on here. I want to get the audio up if you don't care. Okay. Just real quick. I think I know where you're going. Or TV spot actually. I don't want a trailer. Uh, play the first one. Well, um, what was I saying? Um, this film stands the test of time. It's a benchmark for all kinds of things. For indie filmmaking for gore for uh, you know that goes with special effects for stunt work for it's a great movie uh, location for I was just tired yeah for sorry um, horror movies just for I mean there's so many things this fits in that, that it inspired and that it uh, paved the way for um, you know act all, all kinds of shit so this is just a great film through and through whether you're a horror fan or a movie fan or a fan of filmmaking in general this this film is just amazing and uh you know we had a great time talking with Ken Foray he's one of our heroes for sure mm -hmm. and uh that was really amazing uh talking with him and watching this movie again um since doing that interview you really see it in a new light from talking to him so it's very cool. Now I'll play the TV spot one. Let's see which one we're getting. If this is the one you were trying to get. Ah, I'm just going to skip through the whole thing. How about that? Okay. Sorry, I was waiting out. Became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intense shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kills. Dr. Vincent will walk the earth. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. This picture contains scenes of violence that may be considered shocking. No one under 17 will be admitted. Amazing. Nasty. It's fucking awesome. It's one of the best fucking previews ever made, too, is that. Oh, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Ross A. Dolan's Dawn of Possession. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it's... Not much else. That's it. That's all I got. Immolation's next. And uh, you can pick up Atonement from Nuclear Blast Records, uh, February 24th. Um, got a chance to listen to it. I really enjoy it. Uh, go see them on tour. They got a long way to go on this tour, so uh, go check them out. Go uh, pick up a copy of the new record, buy some merch, do what you got to do, support Immolation. Um and you can support us and them at the same time by listening to this interview or go on YouTube and do the same. However you want to do it, give us a like, follow us on all other <coughs> social media shit, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram now we do have, so uh, YouTube, you can go on there, all of it, slash Phantasm or at Phantasm Podcast, slash Phantasm Podcast, however you look up, that's us. So, uh... Thank you guys for listening, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, from us 
here at Phantasm, stay fucking gory. And enjoy immolation. Dr. Vincent West here at the Phantasm Podcast. We have the honor of speaking with Rob and Ross of Immolation. How you guys doing? Good, good. Very How good. you guys doing? Awesome. Uh, got to catch you guys a little bit. Sorry cool. about that. And, cool. Uh, you you, you traveled away, so that's right. okay. <laughs> Get a pass uh, for that. Saw the last half, I uh, want to say, as we started on uh, what they bring and you know, Providence. I fucking love that EP. Cool. Um, hard to find. I guess if you see Immolation, you can grab it. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it was a limited uh, thing that uh, Cyan AV did. So we had them when we toured for that. They gave us a few thousand to hand out. We gave them all out. It was a, it was right. a free, free release. So uh, so now we have them. We just press them up on our own so, yeah. so the fans could have them who didn't get it. That's good shit. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's really good. Cool. And uh, if you want, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, you do a brief uh, history of immolation for the, for the viewers, for the listeners out there. We started in 88. And well, we got on this tour, and uh, we <laughs> the briefest brief history we've ever the had on the podcast. Yeah. Well, Bob was in rigor mortis. Uh, when did you guys start? Eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, we started with rigor mortis from New York, not the one from Texas. Right. Which uh, released like a demo Bruce and a half, and then uh, once that broke up, we started Immolation, and then, uh, yeah, did a couple of demos, put those out. Next thing we knew, we had Roadrunner get in touch with us. And kind of ignored them for a while, and, yeah, because we didn't think it was like you know, you guys, like, yeah, they don't want us. What you guys did a split with Mortician. Uh, somebody put that out. Somebody did that. Really? Oh, yeah, it wasn't okay. like yeah. sanctioned or anything. It was okay. kind of like a bootleg thing, but it's cool. Cool. Yeah. Now the scene at the time when you guys were starting, so it's you guys. Was Mortician already doing stuff? Was that not at the very beginning? Uh, Will was just a good friend of ours. I I got into a lot of heavier stuff with Will. You know, we were buddies. <laughs> That's awesome. So we would always like you know go into the local record store and say, "Oh, sick! What is this?" It'd be like War and Pain, <laughs> Voivod, or "Ah, oh, what is this?" You know, all, all you know. So we were we came up together. So um, when we started in '88, um, Will was just a good friend and a fan, and uh, it wasn't too long after that that. You know, he he got the bug to start doing something, and then you know, he was like, I see "These guys doing it." I'm yeah. going for it you know? <laughs> well, it made sense because he was yeah, a huge. Was, he was into the music, yeah, great, just you know? as you know, as as much as we were. He was very passionate about it. So, sure. suffocation around the same time as that, somewhere around in there. Uh, yeah, like a little after we started. Uh, I remember we we were already uh, pushing the first demo, the second demo, and we did a road trip out to Milwaukee. It's the first time I met Josh, and he was pushing the band. You know, he had a, he had demo day had just done, so so slightly after, you know, awesome. but around the same, you know, same I was general to time, time frame. Because <laughs> I know you're all part of that, that scene. Yeah, that's yeah. Some yep. of the best stuff, I think. Kind of. I'm from cool. Comac, actually. So yeah, Corey's in New York. Or so. Oh, okay, okay. Over like Center Reach area. Okay, okay. Yeah. Long Island. Yep. So Donna Possession, what a what a what a hell of a debut that thing. 
Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, it was our first one, so that was kind of like all the demo stuff plus, you know, a few edit features. Well, the old-ass of... patch on here. That thing yeah. cost some money, man. Yeah. That's the, the 91. That's yep. old school. Blue grapes. Yeah, yeah, that's really old, man. That's yeah. the original one, too. And I have the uh, bootleg of it that's got the, the yellow on it. It's really nice bootleg. Oh, cool. Not this one, but I have the other one. Yeah, I think I've seen that. I was like, why not? Basically, he did like a little sketch, and next thing we know, we had the finished product, so there was no going back. You know, a lot of the stuff at that time, the first few records were like, this is it, and that's it. Pre internet. There's no, yeah, there's no did like. You, now, with Dawn, did you all record? Was that recorded in New York? Or? No. It was recorded in Berlin. Berlin. No shit. Music I didn't lab. Know that. I Music had no lab. idea. So, yeah, so we got to go over there, and, you know, where like guys like fucking. Voivod uh, Kriya Sodom and uh, oh, he did a ton of shit Tankard and uh, what else just uh, I love all the drums yeah Destruction just, too? Destru- uh, no I don't think he did Destruction yeah, yeah he did Pleasure to Kill he did um, Ooh, that's right he did Voivod <laughs> yeah. awesome their wind awesome. was on our first that's, that's the wind and burial ground the beginning of uh, really? oh, hell he did Pleasure to Kill yeah Harris was like you're using creators wind that's amazing Totally, so, totally. So that was cool for us. I mean, yeah. we're like, you know, huge fans of all that early stuff. Germany, really. So it was kind of like an interesting experience to go there, be in Germany for the first time, doing our first record for the first time, you know, so it was like, it was pretty overwhelming in one way and very cool in another, you know, so. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. The, the coolest thing was seeing he had like a little scrapbook, he'd have all the bands signed, you know. Oh, that's cool. So just sitting there looking at like Sodom, you know, all the shit they wrote like, yes, and Creator. I'll check in here. I think uh, he did some. I think he did the Tragic Serenade, so Celtic Frost. Wow. Am I right? Did he do that? That's amazing. He may have done that. Don't wow. quote me on that, but I think he did. Well, but I had all, he had all, <laughs> you know, all the bands that we just, you know, leafing through the book and like, wow, you know, you know, we were kids, you know, like 19 at the time or wow. 20, you know. So it was well, cool. looking back now, you can see on the list, it's like, of course, Donna Possession Emulation's on that list. You know, it's like <laughs> stands the test of time. It's perfect. How did you now? I know with at the time uh, a lot of bands using Scott Burns and, and all that stuff. Was, yeah. was that ever thrown across the table? Yeah. Did y'all immediately? We, we were given a choice between Scott Burns, um, Colin uh, Richardson, because at that time he had just done, I believe, um, the second Carcass record. Oh, wow. And uh, Scott Burns. Um, and Harris Jones. And Harris Johns, yeah. So, you know, we went with Harris Johns because everybody was doing the, the Scott Burns thing and nothing against that production. I mean, he, he was a fucking amazing producer. We just wanted something totally different, and That's we cool. felt our roots were more connected to that earlier, darker German thrash, like the, the, the creators, the destructions, the Sodoms. Like, awesome. They took thrash into that darker direction where thrash was getting kind of happy and kind of, you know, jumpy and that kind right. of stuff. And, you know, these were bands that were really going in that darker direction that we, we liked, you know. So we were like, yeah, you know, that's the guy we want to use because of all that stuff. So it was that was our choice right from the get-go. Awesome. We were like, that's the guy. That is. That's respectable. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a good choice. Yeah, yeah. And he was super cool, and it was a great vibe. Like like we just said before, it was just cool to be there. Like, you felt like you were in a place where, like, wow, all our all our inspirations had at one point or another come through here, you know? So that was cool. Well, that is. That is. Yeah. Uh, the touring for Donna Possession, did you all do a lot of touring for that? We did the one tour right when the album came out. I think we ended up getting on the Massacre and Morgoth tour oh, in wow. Europe, and that was like the biggest tour of the year and that kind of music. Yeah, so huge. And we just happened to get on there because I think Devastation couldn't make it. Yeah, Devastation from Texas. Wow. We ended up getting on there and and you know it did really good for us. So wow, we were like an add-on. So they were like, hey, you want to do this tour yeah. with Massacre and Morgoth? And we were like, 
Yeah, fuck yeah, our first tour in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like really good. Like yeah. A huge tour. It was, yeah, every place like was sold out. It was like kids today still like talk about that tour. We'll come through Europe <laughs> and like, wow, that tour you guys did, like older guys like us, you know, oh, kids, right. not kids anymore. <laughs> so that was cool. And then uh, we did the tour in the U.S., which we booked ourselves. Awesome. And we took Gorophobia out with us. So full circle now. Alex Books is now in our band, and right, he yeah. came out with us back then. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. So pretty funny. Awesome. And then uh, here and after, Did you guys recently had, I guess, a uh, 21 years ago. That record. Yeah, someone just texted Mid-February, me. Mid February, I guess. Someone February just Metal Blade. I don't know. We can't keep up with that, but uh, yeah, Metal yeah. Blade put out those three records. <laughs> yeah. In vinyl form, so that was cool. You know, reissue. So that was nice. And good timing with the new record and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Sure. that one out. took a while to come out though, because we had a five-year, yeah, sure, like you know, gap in between it. And that was just because we left Roadrunner, and we didn't have a label for that whole time. So we were we were still doing shows and doing shit. Sure. We did the Stepping on Angels thing at that time. We got that together. So we were active, just that we didn't have a label to put out any new shit. Right. Right. We were failing for five years, and then luckily... We oh, we failed. <laughs> well, I think it was because, as a young band, our expectations were very high. Sure. And we were green as hell. And, you know, our, our expectations of the label's role in this whole mess was not realistic, you know. Right. And, you know, but we were green. We had no idea. So we, we learned, you know, pretty quickly that, you know... You have to work even harder now, you know. It didn't get easier. You have to work harder now for sure. the second release, right. and you know. So not that we were, you know, you know, opposed to working hard, but sure, just that yeah. you know we were a little disillusioned, you know. So that's kind of why. Right? So, you, you so we went down the Roadrunner, and you know, we just told them, yeah, we're not happy, and <laughs> they actually let us out of the deal. We had like a seven album deal with them. Wow! And we went down there, and we said we want to call a meeting, and we went down there, and we talked to <laughs> Monty and the guys, and he. And to this day, we're still good friends with Monty. He's a killer. Oh, cool. he's, he's a really cool guy. He works for Nuclear Blast now, so it's kind awesome. of ironic. So you can't shake us, dude. You can't shake That's us. <laughs> but he, no, he's, he's a super cool guy. He's a good friend. And to this day, he's like, man, he's like, I still can't believe that we just let you guys go like that. He's like, you're the only band that, that, that ever happened to. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever, you know. But I mean, you know, who, who knows what would have happened if we stayed with the label, you know what I'm you saying? You know, it's weird growing up, you know, that label and everything that was on there, you guys... You know, DSI, there was a bunch yeah. of cool stuff that I listened to that sure. I still loved on that. But, but then they just kind of went to shit. I think y'all kind of did this. I mean, I, well, maybe I guess from a money perspective, it, it, it was a great thing, I guess. But yeah. it seemed like a lot of those bands kind of got moved out for the Slipknots and the Nickelbacks. And yeah, stuff. they they definitely. Uh, to me, yeah, I mean, to, it seemed like that. They definitely like, shifted, yeah. but that's how labels are. It is. Know? It's where the t- sign of the times, whatever. So maybe I'll. And, and Death Metal, as you know, has had its up and ups and downs throughout the years. There were some real grim moments where there was like yeah. nothing going on, and it was kind of kind of rough touring during those years. You know, I think '99 ish was kind of a rough yeah, time. It was we, yeah, when the failures came out, it was like the worst time ever. The scene was kind of at a low, and nobody gave a shit. It was Love cool. that album. That album was really, really good. I think that one stands. That was one of the reissues they did, I guess, on the vinyl. Yeah, they did all three. Like, the one, the metal blade, blade yeah, which was cool. Yeah. Close to the world below is my favorite album. Cool, cool. Love lost passion. That's fucking nasty. Nice, song. nice. I think I fell more in love with it when I saw you guys live the first time. I was just like, God damn, this is fucking. Good. Well, that's the thing with us. You know, a lot of times, what we do doesn't click until you see us live and I've heard that from a lot of friends of ours you know yeah. I have a couple of good friends who are like you know they'll like the record but like wow now it makes sense you know what I'm saying and you know I guess our, our productions are always very different from album to album so you know some of them are very lo-fi <laughs> some right. of the, you know but it is what it is it's dirty it's raw and you know that's sure. kind of you know 
But we always got a lot of shit for that, so. Right. We've improved the product. Yeah. <laughs> now, the metal blade, just we'll just kind of sum all that kind of getting together. Was there a tour that stood out back then for you guys that you all got to do? Well, Cannibal Corpse took us on about four different tours, so that kind of like, yeah. you know, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, so, yeah. They saved our career pretty yeah. much single handedly. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Six Feet Under resuscitated us. A couple of shows with them, so we pretty much were at that point where, you know, George was first in Cannibal Corpse, so we were out with them, and then. You know, oh, Chris was great. just on his own. We're out with them. So it was, <laughs> oh, that's cool. It was so funny. So we got to hear both sides. Yeah, yeah. Of the story, so you know, so. It's awesome. We just had Chris on uh, last week. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. So it was cool. I mean, we did five big tours for that. You know, for you know, here and after. So it was kind of like a, you know a boost. You know, for us sure. after five years, we needed that. You know, so those tours all stood out. They were all killer tours. Failures. Uh, we did some stuff on our own for failures, you know, which was a huge mistake. But <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like we go over there the first year with the first record on one of the biggest death metal tours. Then with the second record, we go over like two or three times with Cannibal Corpse, big shows. Then we're like, all right, you know, we'll go over with this album now. And meanwhile, it's like, you know, it's three years later. It's our own tour. We have like some band opening up for us that has nothing to do. We never heard of them before. It's just like, you know, nothing against them, but it was like not our kind of music. So it was totally low. And it was just like, Fail. We got there and we were like, wow. We were like, wow. So that was like failures for Reality tours, check. You know? Yeah. <laughs> were they just but like, that's how it goes. Well, they just weren't like great. They weren't attended that great, you know. They were just, oh, yeah. you know, it was like low turnout. You know, we had a couple of good shows. But you know, we had some good shows, was, but there was a lot of like fucking yeah, lemons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you go to Europe now, do you, do you find it? It's different. Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, we have a lot more years under our belt. So we go now, it's cool. We can headline or we can support. It's always pretty killer, you know, so. The festival stuff, too, I guess. Oh, yeah, the festivals great. are fucking awesome, man. I mean, the festival, think about it. You're playing to more kids in one show than you would, like, almost a whole tour, you know? Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's pretty it's, wild. Yeah. You know? And it's it's fun, you know. No, Especially when we get to uh, enjoy them. Like, this last run, we were at the Brutal Assault Fest, which we played at least three times, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. But this was the first time we actually... We had enough time to actually go around and check the fest out for like a, a day and a half because we, we were there for a couple of days, you know. So, well, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, the fests are awesome. They're very cool. So you we enjoy that. You get to be fans too if you have down yeah, to see some absolutely. bands you guys like. Who's and then we see a million bands that we know we right. haven't seen in a while. Really, <laughs> I bet that's awesome. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, you know, like, like, oh, <laughs> Gore, oh, Gruesome, oh, Grave, oh, you know, uh, Dying Fetus, oh, these guys, you know, this is cool. It's very that's cool. Funny. That's funny. That's funny. Now, what were, uh, were any bands that you saw that you were like, fuck, we got to go see this band, you know? If you haven't seen, you saw overseas, or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't think of any any offhand. I've been to so many fucking festivals, but, you know... <laughs> uh, it was cool to see My Dying Bride here when they played in Maryland. That was cool. I love My yeah, Dying Bride. So, cool. And they don't do much. I hadn't seen them since, uh, like, that, like, Gods of the Sun tour when oh, they wow. did some stuff with Dio. I saw that in yeah, Kentucky, that, that same tour. And they had yeah. Martin on violin. That was yeah, and killer. I don't think, I don't know that they'd ever been back down to a tour anyway. That's probably, I think you're, I think that's yeah, the only time they like did. the last time. Yeah, they're like, so, yeah, states, I don't know. Yeah. Aaron, was that the same, he was hammered when I saw them. He was real drunk. Yeah, they, oh, they were great though. Yeah, they were, oh, they were twice. fantastic. They did two headlining uh, shows that, that run. I think Ronnie seen. was touring Angry Machines, I think. What's that? Angry Machines is what Ronnie was touring, I think. Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't even remember. Probably, you probably That was the right, first Dio show where I actually paid my way. My uncle took me a bunch of the kickers I love. That was my first metal show, Dio. Last in line tour. Yeah. Oh, oh fucking name. That's amazing. Dio and Dokken. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's, just that's, that's That was that's killing. That was awesome. That was my first metal show. Wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, I... So, the Metal Blade thing, when you guys left Roadrunner, when you go to Metal Blade, 
Blade? Was there other offer? Was Metal Blade the... Uh, we actually had interest from Nuclear Blast, you know, uh, at okay. the time. Even back then, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then we got the offer from Metal Blade, so we were kind of waffling, you know, and then, uh, you know, we just went with Metal Blade because, you know, we knew the Cannibal Corpse guys, and we were like, oh, that would be great, you know, and, you know, so it was like, like that kind of thing. So we're like, okay, well, let's go with them. I mean, nothing against Nuclear, nuclear oh, no, Blast at the time, but, you know. So we did the three records with them, and then uh, we left them and went, well, we signed with Listenable for uh, the next couple of records in France, and we licensed it, uh, the, those three records here to Century Media. Right. You know, so, so that was, I guess, what, Unholy Cold, Harnessing Shadows. Shadows of yeah. Light. And then, the, the Olympics, is that the same thing? Because I know the, It was Olympic, you're yeah, right, you're yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. It was Marty from Olympic. Under Century Media. Yeah, yeah, because I remember I have like that. And then what happened was they uh, absorbed all the Olympic stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then we were the one of the bands that Century Media actually kept, and we knew Marco Barbieri, you know, was a good friend of ours from sure. back in the day. Awesome. And he's always kind of like crisscrossed with our, you know, with us throughout the years, and always kind of like jumped in and helped us out, you know, during those times we crossed paths. So he's always been a good friend and like a, you know, one of those people that has always helped us out throughout the last thirty years. You know? Awesome. Well, that's good. So he uh, he uh, arranged it so that we would uh, be with Century Media for the duration of the term with Listenable, so that the right. contracts would end at the same time. So if we wanted to move into something different, we could. So, All right, yeah. So that's how that went down, and then uh, we went uh, with Nuclear Blast after that. Once our deal was done with Listenable and Century Media, we really needed a stronger presence here in the States, because although Century Media is big here, since we were licensed, I think they were reluctant to put a lot into us, you know. And Marco right. had left the label at that point, you know. He was done with them, and uh, so yeah, it was kind of a kind of a weird weird place for us, you know, because we, we you know we were just not getting we felt the push we we needed here in the states. Sure. So when the nuclear blast offer came around, we jumped on that. You know, we tried to make it work with listenable, but uh, I think all all roads pointed to nuclear blast just because, you know. They were the label, you know, they had yeah. the presence, they had, you know, everything behind them <clears throat> that we needed, so, and right. it was the best move I think we've ever made, career-wise. I mean, we made a lot of fucking fail moves, yeah. but <laughs> this was probably the smartest move we've made, you know, and we're happy, so. And then in comes Majesty and Decay, which yep. that what a fucking return to form, man, damn. That ball crush. That record is very overlooked. <laughs> I think that thing is nasty. Like, I love, I, it's my go-to record for you. Cool. It's right. Possession, or I'm going to grab... Majesty and Decay. I don't know why. Majesty and Decay is just fucking. You sound so fucking mad on that, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a release. It's like okay, yeah. the music's killer. The production's. It's just a great. The album it was. work. I love the the guy. Dude, the, yeah, very the cool. And it's fucking nasty. Well, yeah, a lot of like, changes we did on that one. We know we got Zach Oren into the fold, so we still use Paul or Fino, but you know the label's like, why don't you guys try something different production-wise? You know, you could still use Paul. But maybe we'll go with someone different just for the mix and mastering. So we used Zach, and that was fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. Zach killed killed it, you know. And uh, we, that's when we also switched and started using Par for the artwork. So, right. so that transition to Nuclear Blast, you know, kind of facilitated all that as well. So right. we, you know, got a kind of fresh start, you know, again. So you guys came in with balls out for sure. Was... Oh, cool, man. I mean, Thanks. that's the only record awesome. I can think of. Seriously, pay you all a huge comp. For I mean, I think Thanks. 2010. There's nothing memorable, but, but that album is. Oh, cool. That's the two, that, I mean, that thing, nice. I think that record is just really nasty. Cool. We were happy with it just because, you I know. I love it. I mean, everything on it, the mix, the final, I hope the you're all, I mean, was, I'm just blown away with it still. Oh, it's it was like, the first is, time we had a uh, 
it seemed like the, the sound was the most solid on that record, you know, and it was like our first, you know, move from what we were doing before, so it, it definitely made a big difference, you know, sure. and then I think from that point on, we've just tried to kind of improve upon that, you know. It's like it captured your lives, I don't know, what, I can't really put my finger on what it did, but it was just like, when I heard it, I was like, Jesus Christ, and well, I listened to it again, it, like, it, it, it did, it had a it's, lot of atmosphere, yeah, and it had, uh, it showed a lot of different sides of the band, you know. It showed, you know, kind of like the new record. It had like a lot of different aspects of the band, you know. Sure, yeah. So that's that's why I, I, that's what I like about it. Right. And then we'll talk about Atonement, which comes out February twenty fourth on Nuclear Blast Records. And if you're simulation on the U.S. tour right now, you can pick it up currently. So. That's right. Which is that's awesome. Right. Yeah. I think it's cool. You guys <laughs> yeah. have cassette. Yeah. 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 No. 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 We just before it comes out. You know. Um, oh, yeah, I, think I think it's cool. You guys have pre-sets you know, for Kingdom, too. Oh, yeah. That is cool, man. That is, I saw those. I was like, wow, that's pretty sick. I got, a, I got a new car. It's an old piece of shit, but it just has a cassette player. And I'm like, why don't I just buy it? I don't need to upgrade. You know, I listen to CDs and stuff. You know, already. They're a little tricky in the summertime. Don't leave it in your car in the summer. No. Or don't fast forward it. You rewind it. You don't rewind it. It fucks with it. Immolation does sludge. But yeah, well, uh... We'll get to a tome, uh, Kingdom of Conspiracy. Yeah. What? Kingdom of Conspiracy? <laughs> We're going backwards here? Yeah. yeah, sorry, we jumped. We skipped ahead. Yeah. I, had, I had teased them with the tome, but we got to talk about Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was, I think, definitely, it's a, it was a very powerful record, you know, uh, very straightforward, you know, it had a lot of good, uh, there was a lot of atmosphere on it, but I think the new album, the atmosphere comes out in the production a little bit more. Um, yeah. That, that record was definitely just, you know, Bulls out, straightforward, you yeah. know, brutality, you know. Lyrical aspects of Face Pounder, for sure, yeah. 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 So, first yeah. concept album, right, right? It was the first concept yeah. one. Really? Yeah, that was the only one that really... And, and you know, it's not like we, we set out to have a concept right. record. When <laughs> we were going in the studio, just all the ideas that we had were kind of all kind of connected. They were all kind of related to that, you know... When was that done? Like four years ago? So it was everything that was going on in our world at that time, you know? And it was very Orwellian, and we were like, this is perfect, you know? This is exactly right. what, what we need to say here. So Now it really is like that. True, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, absolutely. And, and then Atonement comes yeah. out. And yeah, and Atonement. And there's a lot more of that on Atonement. You know, we go deeper into, you know, the, the darker sides of our world that people just don't really catch because so many distractions, you know? So. Right. And it had a lot more atmosphere from what I've heard of it, you know, as Majesty did, where it just feels like there's a lot more there, like almost like yeah. a, yes. another presence. Yeah. I can't explain it. It's kind yeah. of crazy. The Kingdom was very cold. It was savage, but it yeah. was cold. And uh, this one... I like one... it when a record makes me feel different. Like, yeah. Not just listening to it like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I could jam it. You know, a lot of yeah. shit. Sure. Jam it. Casey and the Sunshine Band if I'm drunk enough. Absolutely. Whatever. But that, you That's know, I like to like have it. a different <laughs> feeling to it. <laughs> I like to have a the way... It actually makes my skin have a feeling. I, don't know, it's I hard agree. To explain, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. That new record definitely does that. You know. Cool. The same kind of feeling Majesty did. So cool. I appreciate cool. that. Definitely. You know. Yeah. So Atonement is definitely, I think, our darkest. You know, where every every record comes out, this is a dark one. This right. is the, but this one is truly dark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> lyrically, musically, you know, the stuff we're talking about is just, you know, really I think hits home in, in a lot of ways. I think the kids are going to dig it. When when Kingdom came out, we were like, well, hopefully people dig it. You know, we're kind of, you know, stepping in a new direction. You know, right. we, we kind of, we were building up to that. You know, the EP had some of that. Majesty had some of that. Sure. Uh, even Shadows. Actually, since Unholy Cult, actually, is when yeah. we kind of shifted lyrically, yeah. you know, after 9-11. So, uh, it's understandable. 
But uh, Tolman, I think, really, we hone in on that more. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> what was the, ask you guys as an older fan, what do you, to go back to the the logo, the original logo for Atonement? It just worked. I mean, every record before that just didn't seem like it would work, you know. That logo's a little weird because a lot of times the artwork doesn't lend itself to it and you'd have to make it, it too small or it'd be too big. It just it just didn't work. And and the first couple of records, uh, Gerardo and the guys at Nuclear Blast were like, come on, we're just mocking up with the old logo. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, they're like, come on, oh, come they on. They were wanting to do it on Majesty instead. Oh, all of them. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we're like, yeah, go right ahead. So they did and then just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's yeah they were like, <laughs> we were like, see. He still has it. He was like, I still He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, I told you. Hey, we do this. We come up. <laughs> so with this record, it just it just fit right. You know, it just worked. So we said, fine. You know, I mean, it's not like we never use, we use the logo constantly. Right. It's just that it wasn't on the front of the album covers because it was too <laughs> annoying because so it was this take up too much space. You know, and interfere with the artwork. So I've had this talk with some friends, and it's so funny how like because the new lo- the old logo's on there it's like almost like equates to a good record like oh right. the old logo's on there they're must bad. be good yeah they're bad I, they're probably it's so funny. I know friends, friends of mine that we grew up with they were like holy shit they're back to that logo <laughs> it's like I know it's so funny it's, it's almost, like well yeah you should actually ask me, them about it yeah so meanwhile it was just aesthetics you know <laughs> just looked better on this one you know because the pieces lent to that you know right, right in the center there you could put it there it was also prominent the angel kind of is reminiscent of Dawn sure, too sure so and that was on the an, older fans and they're like, all right, and that was unintentional as well because everybody's right. like, oh, it's kind of like you know, you're you know, you know, a nod to the and and it kind of is now in retrospect, but at the time we weren't even thinking along those Guys lines. Are just pushing forward, and yeah, the, yeah, because we're not, you know, we don't dwell in the past. We're always trying to go yeah. forward. Creatively, it fit with what you were doing with Atonement. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that one, I mean, the inspiration for that cover came from the song Atonement. There was yeah. four lines, and you know, Bob was like. Yeah, why don't we just use it? This is perfect for a visual, and we just kind of articulated it and sent out our ideas to a par, and, and that's what he came up with. And when we saw it, we're like, "Wow, cool!" You know, it's uh, I know the fans will dig it because it does kind of bring back the old, you know, earlier covers. I love so. it. Carl Olsen's artwork. It is cool. It's, yeah, yeah. He's great art. He killed it on this one. Very oh, cool. Yeah. He does the pathology stuff. You know, he's great. Yes. Now that original logo was that? Did you guys come up with that when you were sitting around? Or were you like, I think uh, our first original drummer Neil came up with the logo, which looked a little bit different than that. Looked and like then a fish. somebody else, <laughs> a couple of people did it. Was it Renato Galina from Italy? He, no, no, he, no Renato from Australia, from uh, Australia. <laughs> oh yeah. wow! Yeah, he did the second version, and then we had Mark Mastro from Rotrevor did. The, the final version awesome yeah so we have all our friends you know it's, oh, yeah. and Luke LeMay did the artwork for the second demo oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome he did that, that so we got by with a little help from our friends <laughs> yeah. so. well shout out to Luke LeMay as well absolutely oh yeah absolutely I got one of their old school daddies on there somewhere too <laughs> considered dead but uh, we'll talk about the, the other portion of our podcast we usually do is horror movies. So. Is what? Uh, horror, horror movies. movies. Oh, okay. Cool. Horror fans at all? I, I Yeah, I used to be a real, I used to get Fangoria like every month. You we know. like the old stuff. We're yeah, that's, yeah. And back for us. I used to go see Dawn of the Dead. They used to have the midnight showings oh, wow. back in the 70s, you know. I'm, you know. I'm going back when I was a kid, oh, you know. That's awesome. You know, and you go and see Dawn of the My cousin and I were hugely into that stuff. Awesome. Tom Savini, I was really into the old, early oh, of of the horror effects, you know, and 
Rick Baker and all that stuff. So oh, I was hardcore. I used to get Fangoria like every month, you know, awesome. religiously, you know, and just look through all the stuff. I was really into that shit. Oh, yeah. I haven't, you know, lately it's, you know, I, yeah. you know. That's why the resurgence of the old, now. resurgence of the old stuff the on remakes. Blu-ray makes it cool. So you get to go back and watch it and like it's new, but it's still the 80s shit. We actually go, we had the, we had the Alamo Draft House up by us, you know, and they uh-huh. have, uh, how last Halloween they actually played the original Halloween. On awesome. the big Fuck yeah, that's you awesome. Know, with all the tie-ins though before that, you know, like um, uh, just, just commercials. Oh, oh wow, that's yeah, cool. from, from, that time, yeah. from that time. From that time, they that's do that with all the movies. Yeah, yeah. when we saw um, the toys from that time. Yeah, oh, that's like, awesome. With their <laughs> movie, you know. That's we awesome. saw Rogue One. It was the same thing. They were showing all the early '70s Star Wars commercials oh, for the toys. Rogue One came back. Rogue One was best. best one of the best movies. It was. Oh, it was just fucking crazy. If you're not a Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Wars fan, and you go see that, and you're like, "Who's so?" Like, I don't know. No, it was one of the yeah. best ones. The darkest it's one. Too good. That and Empire. Yeah, of course. Oh, that yeah. Empire and A New Hope. That's that's it for me. I agree with you 100. But um, I'll say, favorite. Do you remember the first horror movie that really got you into horror movies? Yeah, you were like, this oh, the first one you ever saw me. Well, the first horror thing that I saw that really fucking scarred me was, um, you remember that thing? It was called Black Sabbath. Yeah. It was like the three short stories with Boris Karloff. Yeah. yeah. The first one, The Ring, I think it was called, yeah. with the witch. Man, that scared the piss out of me when I was a little <laughs> kid. Yeah, I mean, it, that 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 little uh, short, whatever it was, 20-minute uh, piece, like, really... Prevented me from going in any dark room, any basement for right. years. Yeah, that really. <laughs> that, interesting. Yeah, that was a scary one for me. But uh, horror movies. I mean, I, I mean, I probably saw all the horror movies when they were coming out. You know, at the time. You know, but my cousin, like I said, and I were like really like into that shit. So anything that would come out, we'd just save up our money and go see the sure. shows. You know, You're more of a slasher guy or a straight gore or Italian horror. Uh, well, I, I like. I mean, like. You know, we we started out like I remember when uh, Friday the Thirteenth came out, the original one. You know, we saw that in the theaters, and we were really young. You know, um, Halloween. I saw Halloween two. I remember when that came out. I awesome. saw that in the theaters. You know, and that was a creepy one. Halloween three. Yeah, it didn't do it as much for me. You know, that was kind of. Yeah, I like that movie a lot better now. Yeah, it, it's probably darker now if you go yeah. back and watch it. It's actually, just a good movie. The time yeah. you're like, where the fuck is Michael Myers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I, you know, Friday Thirteenth Part Two. The third one was in 3D, and that oh, was like yeah. a big deal. I remember that. You know, uh, Dawn of the Dead, of uh, all that stuff. Um, yeah, and you know, Exorcist. Oh yeah, that was classic. We got to go to the steps, you know. Oh really? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. DC, yeah, that wow. was cool. Did you get your picture? University on? there, or whatever. What? Did you get your picture? Probably. I probably. Did, oh, that's yeah. fucking amazing. I think it was us and Cephalic <laughs> Carnage, maybe. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then you got like the Omens, like those. Were oh cool. yeah. Those oh are yes. Awesome. How can I forget those? They had good movies. Those kind of movies were better back in the day because they relied more on like just like suspense and stuff rather than just like in story. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of expect the jump scares now. They're like, hey, I'm gonna get oh, you. Oh, yeah, now it's just, yeah. Like, here it comes. <laughs> they don't quite, you know. Teeny, teeny bop. Do it like Even Alien. Alien was fun. Like, that was oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the Omens were great. All the Omens. One, two, and three. The third one was killer, too. I saw man. the remake, and I still had my movie ticket. It was on 6606. And I still oh, got wow. the ticket with the That's sick. And the movie was actually all right. It wasn't bad. I mean, it did what it needed to do. Cool. Yeah, so they no. shot it like back. They kind of shot it like the seventies. Like yeah. the way they did the shots. Yeah, sh- they the did it right. Shots. It was a good reminiscent of like back in the day, which sure. was pretty cool. I don't remember if they still had the head chopping thing in it. I don't know if that was in there. 
You're talking about Tom Savini, Maniac, man, that movie. Oh, Maniac, yeah. <laughs> that was like legendary. I always heard about that, and we finally got to see it. I was like, wow, that is like, you know, the infamous scene when the fucking blows the dude's head off, oh, you know? Right. And you'd see that in the magazine. It's Savini, too. Yeah. That's what's so great. It's sick. He's trying to make sick. out with some chick, and she was like, somebody's out here. And he's like, come on. The yeah. shotgun on the front. Yeah, that was sick, dude. I forgot about that one. That was a great one. There's a guy walking around the show with a maniac shirt. I was like, oh, cool, man. Will, about the first man. mortician album, there's a Hacked Up for Barbie, there's a song on there about maniac. He's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, might have, we may have seen that together. I don't know. <laughs> we used That's to, amazing. We used to go, like, to, like, the Saturday afternoon flicks, you know. They were cheaper by <laughs> us, awesome. and we'd go see, like, a lot of them, too. I can't even remember. So there were so many of them we saw together, you know, but we were all about that, you know. Uh, what else? It's um, amazing. Oh, man. I, I had something on the, on the tip of my tongue. Oh, even Creepshow. Creepshow oh, was classic. Great. That was great, man. Yeah, so, did you like the second one? Uh, I saw it. It was all right. The first one was better, I thought. The first one was I sick. Romero, yeah. It's, yeah. The first one was really Give me back my cake. Give me my fucking cake. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome, man. They don't make movies like that anymore. Yeah, it was, I mean, that was cool. It was a, it was fun, too, that one, you know? It was, like, it was all over the map, you know, all the different stories. It was killer, man. Sure. That plays, I like comic books. Nice. Savini was in that, too. Wasn't he, like, the, the trash guy in that? <clears throat> He'd play a garbage well, Stephen man. King was the... He the was Jordy Verrill. He got the meteor shit on Yeah, that was Jordy. He was Jordy <laughs> Verrill, but I think <laughs> yeah. Tom Savini was, like, one of the garbage men. And yeah, one yeah, of, he was, he, was yeah. he just seemed for a second, like, taking out the trash, you know? And <laughs> How many of the horror movies uh, influence your... Lyrical aspects of making records or um, kind of vibe or anything? Not like so that? much. I mean, uh, one of the songs off the first record, um, wow, what the hell song was it on? I can't even remember now. It was inspired <laughs> by uh, Salo, 120 Days in oh, Sodom. Oh, that movie's fucking nasty. Oh, that song's it's gross. Oh, what song is it? I, I remember the old title that we didn't use that Neil had, and we were like, no, we can't use that. That's yeah, it's not what you think it means. For you guys listening, has never seen the 100 No Forgiveness. Days of Sodom. Yeah. No, no Forgiveness Without Bloodshed. That song was yeah, about that what, movie. It's a, is it a German film? I don't know. I want to say it's Italian or something. Maybe it's Italian. I think it's supposed to be in Germany or something like that. Yeah, it's just- it's just disgusting. It was fucked, yeah. It was a really it's twisted, like, bizarre movie. They have these teens in there, and they, they're like, just having like, eat their, they shit in a bucket, that's yeah. all, and they eat their own shit, and that's all yeah. they eat. Yeah, that's that's that was, it was a fucked up movie. And yeah. they just get like, whipped and beaten. And yeah. Fucking. Yeah. So that's what kind of what that's. It's gross. It's like cool. 130 minutes of just like, I don't even, I think it's longer yeah. than that. It was just bizarro. So yeah, that song was there. about that. Something to watch once, and they'll be like, all right, I saw it. Get it. Yeah. And then listen to Dawn of Possession, like okay, that's about this movie. It's great. Are inspired by it. At least. Totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, not. I mean, not not so much. I mean, back back in the early days, we focused a lot on religion and just yeah. that very dark, oppressive side of religion. So uh, the first album would have had more of the um, the variety because it was our right. first record. I mean, we hadn't really found our niche yet, you know. Right. But then moving forward, right here and after, up until uh, close was very, very, uh, you know, centered, heavily centered on religion and religious right. themes. Well, it's nice to see that you guys are more adamant and pure about it in the way you, that, you know, it's more tasteful how you guys represent your take on that than some other bands. Seem like they, were a metal band, we gotta be into religious. Yeah. And Shock we, value, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, thanks. It was very You guys are very genuine when you speak about it, because I know that it's not, you know... Yeah, and we were. Act, you know. No, I mean we were. Always, I mean we, you know, religion. Well, you guys don't wear corpse paint or anything. Like no, that. no. You can if you want to. We're not going to judge you. But. 
Yeah, I mean, it was just our, it was just our take, how we saw it. I mean, it, it played a small role in our lives. I mean, obviously, our parents, luckily, our parents weren't that adamant about the religious thing, you sure. know. Um, but yeah, it was all around us, you know. And, right. and uh, even on close to our below, when we were writing "Father and Not a Father," there were so many stories coming out about, you know, just the pedophile priests and oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. in the church, you know. And we were like, wow, how appropriate, you know. <laughs> So, you know, just picking it apart, kind of using their own kind of words to kind of dissect it and decimate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but whatever, you know, it wasn't done in a preachy way. We were just kind of pointing out the oh, flaws saying, that yeah. we saw, you know. And Very like tasteful. you said, we try to do it in a, in a way that people could relate to, you know, and leave it kind of open for interpretation, you know. Sure. So, Which is what you're supposed to do is think for yourself. Yep. And apply Absolutely. It, you know. Absolutely. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Robert Vinny with Immolation, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Is there anything else? Costume thing going on here? I see somebody's got a plague mask on. Yeah. Pretty sick. Might have some kind of masquerade thing going on. Um, Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we let you go now? Oh, that's it. I think you guys were pretty uh, extensive. You covered everything yeah. pretty well, man. I hope we did. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys so much. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thanks for taking the journey, man. Soon from Phantasm. Walk through this door and enter a nightmare of supernatural horror. Seven doors of death. Evil's fatal omen. Who else is here? There's nobody here. I can feel a presence. Somebody else is in here. Seven Doors of Death. Kim Hankel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, calls it terrifying, unique, surreal, one of the best horror films I've ever seen. Mommy. Arthur. On a gloomy, rain-swept night, a ferocious battle is being fought between two girls and a vicious, deranged fiend on a murderous rampage. Paralyzed with fear and on the verge of hysteria, they try to escape its chillingly merciless savagery. They know it's there, behind these doors, the seven doors of death. These doors conceal a hideous poltergeist waiting to unleash its sinister revenge. Now look, Emily. I've lived in New York all my life. And if there's one thing I've learned not to believe in, it's ghosts. Seven doors of death. Your blood will run cold as the icy fingers of death tighten their stranglehold. Good boy, good boy, Dickie. You made them go away.
cities, the concealed threat, the invisible terror, Chris. they can sense the rhythm of your blood, hear clouds pass overhead, see where you are blind, a force so deadly it will tear the screen from your throat. Wherever you are, they are. So 
somewhere in the world every other day, a corporate executive is assassinated. Team her up with Wilson. Murphy or Mahoney, I'm comfortable with. You're uncomfortable? With surprises. There's not a trace, not a speck of metal. Nothing softer could have ripped and ravaged like this. Is it an animal? Well, it ain't human. Do you realize how many people disappear without a trace? Something out there might be eating people. Did you hear that? Yeah, get out of there! What do you think it was? You were being lured. We were being separated. By what? The carnivore. You got yourself some kind of meat eater. Meat eater, meat eater, meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. What is it? It's Wolfie. say he just reeks. Buddy's a good boy, but he has what you might call basic hygiene problems. Sometimes Buddy likes to mess around. Slaughterhouse. And sometimes kids play in Buddy's slaughterhouse. And they make fun of Buddy. But Buddy likes to play with his friends. Let me go, fat boy! Don't scare the poor thing, boy. Take off that damn mask. That's better. Don't mess with his hogs. Three hundred sixty pounds of evermania. He's going home. 